Yo, 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 it's your boy, Tio, as you know, uh, without a rain real name, no games, no gimmicks, uh, going at this solo, uh, as you can tell, uh, by there not being anybody else here, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, yeah, we could, we had a choice. Either you know, could wait till uh, till the gang's all back together, or I could just deliver y'all some some content nonetheless. So so alas, here I am, uh, solo dolo, as they say. I don't know what the fuck that means. What does solo dolo mean? I don't know. Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just one of those things people just say. <laughs> Either way, it's the Fade Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and formulated, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Coming to you live, direct proof of Concept Studios. What in the fuck is up? It's going down. It's going on. Hello out there, YouTube world. Not to, not to sound like OJ or anything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, y'all, um, I'm just here bringing out some content, uh, by my lonesome, I'm missing my partner in crime or rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks, uh, who had a little bit of an accident. So shout out to, uh, to, uh, to, to rain, man. Uh, he's on the men's, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, still want to, to get at y'all nonetheless, man. Want to talk to y'all about a few different things, you know, get at y'all real quick, uh, you know, just get some things off my chest, out of my mind, you know, um, the first thing I kind of want to t- jump into isn't really even uh, a story, right? Uh, it's not something that's happened this week. It's just something that just been thinking about uh, as of as of late um, and hoping I'm in focus, too, because uh, I don't my camera is not uh, I don't have it on uh, the focus isn't on on auto. So I'm hoping I. I look clear. Y'all let me know uh, if that's the case to the uh, precisely negative 14 people who are (laughs) in the chat right now. Um, But uh, but yeah, the first thing I want to talk about, man, is uh, I've been having a little bit of a a rough time. Um, And and, and the rough time that I'm having is uh, so for like the first time in a really, really long time, um, I've kind of buckled down and, you know, the thing that I always wanted to do with my life is, uh, direct is, is to, is to make a movie, not just direct, but, but make my own movie, not to direct anybody else's film, not to be a part of anybody else's project, but to make my own project from A to Z, uh, to, to both write, direct, uh, and, and the whole nine, you know, um, that's been my, that's honestly, and there's a whole backstory to it, but you know, since I was a kid that this has basically been my, um, it's been what I wanted to do, you know, since I was, since I was a kid, I, I didn't always have like a, uh, I didn't always have like a, the way to sort of to articulate what it was that I wanted to do. But, uh, but I knew for sure that this was, uh, this was the thing that I wanted. I wanted to tell stories was, was, was my big thing. Um, and so, um, and so, uh, 
and so I, I kind of uh, tried to kind of dabble in it for for a while. Uh, my first major in college was the uh, it was called EMF. Uh, I went to Towson. Uh, shout out to TU, I suppose. Uh, I'm not one of those people who's like really like a, a big fucking like college person or like you know like one of those like alumni who's just like yeah the U or you know the Ohio State or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, went to Towson, uh, kind of by choice, kind of not by choice. I kind of just wound it up there uh, after some time. Um, but I don't have like any sort of like college, like pride, I guess. But I, I am happy I went, you know, and, and, and got a <laughs> got a degree, I guess. But uh, but anyways, my, my first major in college was an EMF deg- uh, degree, which is electronic media and film. Uh, and um, that was... Uh, I was supposed to go and complete that program, but then I kind of decided to switch gears and I switched to accounting because I just thought I need a fucking job as soon as I get out. This is kind of like in the heart of uh, or after the fact of um, uh, the whole sort of economic collapse uh, back in back in 08. You know, uh, this is like 09, 10, somewhere around there um, that, uh, that I decided to sort of switch gears to an accounting degree. And so I got an accounting degree anyways. Uh, so it wasn't until like a few years later that I, after I graduated from college that I decided to sit down and actually like, you know, try to do the thing that I wanted to do with my life instead of doing all this other shit that I didn't want to do. Um, and so I sat down and wrote my first screenplay or at least attempted to write my first screenplay. And, and I, it turned out actually way better than I thought it was going to be. And then that kind of ushered in just like a whole different other um, aspect to, to my life. And, and I really did change years to kind of doing a lot more film shit. Uh, but somewhere along the way, I kind of lost touch with that a little bit in terms of, um, you gotta, you gotta put food on the table, you know, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta do shit that's bringing in money. And I aggressively sort of like kind of kept that side of myself kind of like to myself when you shouldn't, when you have a passion, when you have something that you're trying to do, just let it fucking out, you know, just (laughs) because you don't know what doors are going to get open for you. You don't know what opportunities you're going to get by just being vocal about the thing that you're doing with your life. You know, I'm not saying being annoyingly, uh, fucking, you know, just every minute of every day saying, this is the thing that I'm doing. Hey, this is me, but you gotta, you gotta let people know when you're doing shit. And I just, I refuse (laughs) to do this. I don't know why it's just, that's just how the fuck I am. You know, uh, I, I, I really do like to play shit close, close to the vest when it comes to, especially things that like matter to me, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't like to, um, dive too too deep which is ironic because like I, I i'm one of those people who believe that when you write things uh it has to come from somewhere within like it can't and so like maybe that's my way of anyways i'm getting massively off track with the fu- what the fuck i'm trying to, to actually get to here <laughs> or maybe i'm not i don't know um I'm kind of just freestyling here but uh so anyways so i so i got off track uh and um you know, just doing a whole lot of things that weren't really in the ballpark of what I was trying to do, trying to be a director and, and, and direct my own film. Uh, and so, um, and so anyways, uh, all of that sort of led to 
like the past like few months. Uh, and I kind of had this weird opportunity to actually sit down and kind of just do whatever the fuck it was that I wanted to do. Um, again, it kind of happened by accident. It wasn't really something that was planned out. Uh, but at the beginning of this period of me kind of just doing whatever it was that I wanted to do, uh, I kind of do did what I always do, which is not the thing that I actually want to do. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, working on just a various other things that, that weren't really in the, in the wheelhouse of what I was trying to do in terms of uh, both writing and directing my, my own film. Uh, but like, I don't know, I think it was at the beginning of, um, maybe maybe sometime in may or maybe sometime at the beginning of june i kind of made this conscious decision i was like you know what i have the fucking opportunity why not just sit down and do the thing that i want to do why not put those wheels in motion you know to to get this thing done that if there's ever going to be a point in my life where i do this thing it's now you know um and so i sat down and uh, I had this idea for, for a very, very long time of sitting down and writing a, a very specific uh, short film. Um, I, I have other feature film scripts that I've written that are just in various stages of being worked on. Uh, but this was the idea that was like, okay, this is the one that I can do out of the shoot. Like, I know I can pull this off. I know I have a pretty firm idea of the, the concept and all that other stuff. Anyways. And also, I, I waited until I was sort of inspired to write this thing in terms of I had the concept down or the premise down for it, but all the details of how I'm going to get here and there were escaping me. And I really wanted to have those things before I really sort of began on it. So anyways, I started to write this thing um, and it, it's all uh, started to come together and, and, and sort of uh, coalesce, if you will. I hope I'm using that term in the right <laughs> Isn't it funny as shit? Like when you use a term, you don't really know what it means. And you're just like hoping that you don't sound fucking stupid by using it. Uh, I do that all the fucking time. Say words that I'm like 30% sure that I'm correct about how I'm using it. Uh, but anyways, I, 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 uh, all the ideas coalesced uh, and, um, you know, started to come together for it. And it felt really great. And, and of like the past, like maybe week or two weeks, I've really made a push. Like at first my deadline was going to be the end of September or somewhere in September was going to be sort of my deadline for finishing this thing, at least a really rough draft of it. And it, it actually happened that I was like ahead of schedule that I, it felt like, and I, and I, in in doing it, I realized that, oh sh shit, uh, I might actually get this thing done before September, you know? And so, uh, I've been writing furiously trying to get that done. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, I kind of hit, not, a not necessarily a wall, but in writing, sometimes I can sense when I'm being authentic and when I'm not, when I'm just writing something because it's like a great concept versus being like coming from somewhere like deep, you know, so coming, trying to, cause for me, writing is just trying to figure myself out. And if I'm being, it's a super narcissistic <laughs> endeavor. It's, it's very, I'm trying to look inward whenever I'm writing, you know, people go to therapy, people have journals, people do other things to express themselves or, or try to figure themselves out. Me, I write, you know, and, and whenever I feel like I'm not digging deep enough is when I feel like I'm, uh, you know, kind of hitting a wall. And, and so of like the last like week or so, I felt this weird sort of like 
I, and I've had it a few times in my life where like it's a bit of like depression, you know, uh, you know, uh, or as uh, I heard on how I met your mother once uh, a little bit of a depression, you know, uh, starting to come on um, because of my sort of inability to sort of like push past this particular like little roadblock or hurdle that I was uh, that I that I find myself at. And you know, it's very interesting, man. Um, you know, people talk a lot about mental health and and um and I'm gonna talk about a story a little later with Jonah Hill where where he's talking about these type of things. Um but it's it's very interesting, man. You can find yourself in a very dark place really quickly when you start looking inward. <laughs> is is what writing and all that other shit like? It's, it's where you know I can. It, you, you sometimes may ultimately find yourself in a happier place, you know, in a, in a much more um, settled state, you know when you look inward but man is it a fucking journey to get there man because you can go through some dark times you know and and it's like the circumstances around you don't even have to fucking change everything's the same as it's always been but it's because you're coming to some sort of weird awakening in yourself that you start feeling different things noticing different things and just like the general atmosphere can shift very quickly And, and and it can go the opposite direction it can be in a very positive direction but in this particular moment in time, it was a uh, very sort of dark period, both because I wasn't getting the advancement in this screenplay that I wanted to, as well as it was uncovering, it, I was trying to dig something up that's very sort of primal to me. And uh, and so it was kind of a double whammy, you know. Anyways, uh, my, my whole point to this is um, you don't, always have to just push through sometimes you can just take a little bit of a break you know a little bit of a a little bit of a siesta uh if you will uh and uh and then get back to it you know um i think that the point is is just not to abandon things but to know okay i might need a little bit of a timeout and uh and it's weird for me because it's, it's like, what's the proportion, right? Because if you take a certain amount of time out, then it's like, well, you're not doing the shit. You're just, <laughs> you're just abandoning the thing. So anyways, I don't know. I don't know why that, that was on my mind first thing uh, that I wanted to talk about. But, you know, for those people who might struggle with that kind of same, with that sort of the same thing, um, I don't know, take, take a little bit of a break, but don't take so much of a break that you stop going or you stop um, trying to progress with whatever it is that you're trying to do, but understand that you're not, it's okay to walk away for, for, for some time. Um, not forever, but just for a little bit of a time. And so that's, so I'm finding it now that I'm having to like kind of take days on and days off, like, uh, you know, um, to regroup and, and not just to regroup, but also to, um, to really just get some perspective, you know, on what the, what it is that I'm, that I'm doing, you know? And I think that that's, that's so critical and so important with everything that we do as like human beings is to gain perspective, you know, be able to kind of see it, look, look, you know, pull out the, you know, uh, pull the lens back a little bit and, 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 and see the bigger picture here of like what it is that you're trying to do and and how it's affecting uh, all the other aspects of life. Because like, sometimes I'll just be really like moody with, you know, like say like my girlfriend or, 
that you know i got a dog and then so sometimes i'm a little moody with the dog and it's like it's a dog he's just like fucking looking for some food and <laughs> some attention you know what the like you know there's no reason to like be mad or frustrated with the dog uh because like earlier today for instance i was walking my dog and i'm i promise this will end in, in less than a minute but i was walking my dog and he has this habit of like finding like the most fucking complicated place to take a shit like <laughs> it'll go in like a bush but not just like on the bush or like fucking like climb on the bus or some uh, bush or some shit and then he'll proceed to take a shit knowing that it's going to be very difficult for me to get to this shit <laughs> or perhaps he doesn't know that i don't know um and i just look at him like you son of a bitch you're doing this on purpose aren't you you you're you know i'm in a bad fucking mood and you're doing this just out of spite for some fucking and he's like he's a dog he's just doing him like he doesn't <laughs> i don't think he gives a shit about my disposition but anyways thought i'd share i don't even know if any of that amounts to anything but uh but yeah thought i'd share anyways uh the next thing i wanted to kind of quickly kind of jump through here is what the fuck is up with this goddamn crate challenge uh let's let's i'm not even gonna play a video i'm not gonna watch anything i'm just wondering what the fuck is up with this shit <laughs> like i'm asking you the audience uh for anybody who might be listening to this now or whenever why 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 do this like it's it looks so painful like why would you why would you see other people doing this and be like yep want to try like what what is it about like humans and like getting attention from like weird and i i'm fully understanding that we try to get attention in just so many different fucking ways i'm getting it i'm trying to get attention right now by being on a fucking podcast on whether it's a whatever podcast or you know channel you're listening to this on or you're watching this on youtube wherever the fuck it is like we seek attention right but it's just like you know why put yourself at that much risk to get attention i don't get it i don't get it because that shit looks painful it looks painful to fucking sit on a fucking to step on some goddamn crates to the point where like you know you're gonna fall like with like your fucking legs like wobbling after like the first fucking crate like anyways another year another stupid ass challenge that people fucking do for no apparent reason anyways um yeah, I don't know why I can't get over that. Uh, but put it in the comment section below or, you know, comment somehow of like, would you try the fucking crate or am I crazy? Like, would, is this like a, you know, because there's been no challenge that I've seen that I'm like, yep, let me do that. Like the fucking super hot, you know, chip challenge. Nope, not doing that shit. I know my limits when it comes to fucking spicy food, right? The, uh, the fucking, um, uh, what is it? Cinnamon challenge where you take a scoop of cinnamon and you just fucking put it in your mouth and you fucking ch ch choke on it. Expectedly. So don't know why you would do that. Uh, what other challenges? The fucking pod challenge the tide pod challenge. What the fuck is that? Like now we got the fucking crate challenge. Just, just, if you do these type of challenges i'm just assuming that you're not getting the attention you need in your life that you need <laughs> that you need attention that you're just simply not getting because there's no other reason why you would do these things but anyways i digress uh and again this is all just really stream of conscious uh but right now uh i have been watching for this thing that i'm writing 
for this screenplay, this short film that I'm writing. Uh, it's it has to do with the many worlds theory. I've talked about it on a podcast before. Uh, it has to do with the many worlds theory. So like the the idea that you know that all possibilities are realized in that. Um, like if you had a decision between going left and going right, you actually went both ways. It's just that you're in the reality, whatever reality that you chose to go in whatever direction you chose to go. So there's a reality where you chose to go right or right. <laughs> and then there's a reality where you chose to go left. Right. And you're living with what, whichever reality that you chose. Right. Um, and uh, and so, it, and it got me to like kind of thinking, like, oh, what other uh, media is out there that uh, that kind of has to do with the same thing? Uh, and so. Uh, and so that led me back to the show Sliders, uh, which is a, a, a weird show from back in yeah, the mid nineties, uh, starring, um, oh God, uh, something O'Connell, uh, or Donald. Fuck. I forget exactly what his name is. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, I believe that's his name. Might not have the right. I could easily look it up. Not worth the effort. Uh, but, uh, but it, it got me to, to go back and watch that. I, so I watched the first season and then I watched uh, part of, I'm in the middle of watching part of the second season. Super campy show. Honestly, not that great. If, if I'm, but, I, but I remember watching it back in the 90s thinking, oh, this shit is dope. Uh, and then I just stopped watching it because I, I don't fucking know. I just fell off some for some reason. Um, yeah, old shows are interesting to go back and watch. Like I remember watching the first season. So again, like they're in this 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 uh, they uh, this dude creates this sort of apparatus machine that allows them to uh, what they call slide. Uh, so going from one reality to the other, same world but just different realities uh, in terms of how they turn out. So they get all these like different scenarios where like one world where you know there's nothing but uh where women are, are are dominant over men one world that's completely taken over by like communism the other this other world that's like um uh i don't know whatever fucking thing you can think of they they've you know they're they're exploring these different realities uh and when it really quickly got me to realize or, or remember or to think about was uh, how little we fucking paid attention to anything or how little, at least I paid attention to anything as a young kid watching TV. I didn't understand a goddamn thing about sliders besides the fact that they jumped into a fucking portal. That's literally as far as it went with me. Didn't understand anything else. Right. Uh, or even care to understand anything else, I guess. Uh, because as I'm going back and like watching it now, it's just like some of the themes and things that they talk about. Like, so for instance, like the second episode is just like them. Oh, a reality where like communism is taking over America. And it's like, it was so interesting, like watching it from the perspective of like, oh, this is like what the fear was back in like 95, you know, that oh, this is what, and I guess, you know, ask whoever you might ask today. And maybe that's the same fear that, that people have for some fucking reason. But, uh, but it was just really interesting seeing how they painted how they saw that reality. I'm not even saying that they work super hard at like, having like a nuanced conversation about like you know politics and shit like that back then but it was just you know it was it was kind of interesting just like realizing like oh i was watching this as a kid there i understood nothing of what they were talking about like no i understood even the nuance that they tried to introduce i, I 
didn't get any of that shit. Um, and it completely washed over me. So I was like, well, why the fuck did I even watch this show? <laughs> what was I getting out of it that I did just hopping to a portal? I thought that was cool. Why, why would I watch this? <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, it was, it's really interesting kind of going back and, and, and seeing that now. Um, because like, and, and then like another thing too, is just like how they treat the, the, like the, and again, I'm in, I'm in midway through season two. So I don't know if this is going to change towards like, cause I think it only lasts like five seasons. So I'm sure it's going to change like later in the seasons. Uh, but it was kind of like how they treat like the, their, their black characters. Um, in that like they they really realistically like didn't show like any black people in the show. It was like very specific roles that were like super minimal but it wasn't like you could almost tell that it wasn't like purposeful it was just like kind of kind of by accident that they (laughs) would would kind of do this so it's like it it just got me to thinking about like how how shows are made from people's perspectives right so however you see the world generally is it's going to seep into whatever the work is and i don't really you know there are people who take extreme offense to that like so for instance like i remember people making a big deal about uh lena dunham and uh girls and how there was just no representation of anybody else other than fucking you know 20 something white women on on the show but what i always took exception to with that was that um lena like it, it was from her perspective you know i i i you know i make it no small thing that i i have no love for for lena dunham at all I think, you know, based off of her work is just, and this is just my humble opinion. I just think she's a raging narcissist, but, but people generally, generally tell stories from their perspectives in some form or fashion in terms of what their outlook on the world is, is, is how they tell it. So when you have like all these, like just white people running around sliders, it's because the creators of the show, I'm sure, I don't know their specific races. I, you know, I, I don't know them from anybody, but I could gather that there's just some white people who are just telling white people stories and shit uh, from their perspectives. And, but I just found it amusing to like kind of go back and watch that now from something back in the nineties do yourself a favor. If you, uh, if you are so inclined, uh, go back and watch some like 90 show, whatever 90 show that you watched, but then, you know, um, but wasn't like a huge, like sliders wasn't fucking huge. It was kind of one of these just weird pop-up shows uh, that, that kind of came out of nowhere um, on, I think it was, I, I think it was on Fox that, that it would play. Uh, so go back and watch that show and see what your opinion of it is, is now, or see if you feel the same way about it now that you did back then guarantee you, uh, that would have been, uh, your feelings about the show are going to be updated by the time you, uh, you, you watched it again. Anyways, uh, moving on to more current things, uh, move, you know, if we're talking about this week, next week, uh, I've got really, um, only one that, uh, hold on, let me change. Uh, there we go. Uh, talking about this week, next week, uh, I got really only one movie that I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, this week and that's, uh, Candyman, um, starring, um, Gaia, um, uh, Mateen, um, which, uh, which comes out the, the 27th, uh, uh, of this of this month which is of course this uh this friday uh and i'm looking forward to it not because i was a real big fan of 
Candyman. Uh, I was always kind of just like whatever about Candyman. It, it never really resonated, I guess, with me. Um, it, only to the degree that I remember watching it when I was young, and it scared the shit out of me when I was young. And you know, uh, you know, you just knew not to fucking say Candyman's name five times into a mirror, or else you were about to get got. It's funny how many you know superstitions like you know don't don't say Hail Mary, Hail Mary five times in a mirror, or you know you're gonna get snatched up. Don't say Candyman. It's just like, well, I feel like this is all just regurgitated shit. It's just you know, it's at what point during our youth we'll be like, well, how many names can't we say? If we say if you said my name five times into a fucking mirror, do I just pop out of nowhere and I'm just like start fucking slashing people? is that what happens <laughs> like is it a how does this work exactly uh but anyways i'm looking forward to that uh and, and it's uh, directed by um uh nia da costa uh and so um i'm, I'm interested to see uh, how this turns out because honestly i think this might be a good sort of insight into what we're going to be able to see with uh, the marvels because uh she's also directing the marvels as well which is a sequel to uh to Captain Marvel um, with Brie Larson, um, and and this the, the Marvels is shaping up to be a really different animal than um than 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 the original Captain Marvel that we got. Which, uh, you know, look, uh, people will say Brie Larson was miscast as as Captain Marvel. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I don't think she was at all. I think she's great casted. Uh, she she's she's properly cast for the role. I just think she got they the whole movie got a shit script and shit directing i'm sorry for the directors whoever you might be if i forget your name but um but it just was not it was not a well-made movie from both a directing standpoint as well as a story standpoint you just none of those things just meshed to create a decent outing uh so uh nia da costa she's going to be directing uh the marvels but before that we're going to be able to see Candyman. this is supposed to come out i think 2020 but of course as with fucking everything uh it got pushed back because of uh obviously uh the state that we're in um with uh with the coronavirus so uh so that comes out this friday um I might go see that. I, I might be convinced. It's been a long time since I've seen like a horror movie. I think the last horror movie, and I and I use that term loosely for this particular movie because I don't. I'm still not in the belief that it was a horror movie. But um, uh, the last horror movie that I saw in theaters was uh, Us uh, from Jordan Peele. Uh, and again, I'm. I don't feel like that was a horror movie. I feel like it was a thriller, not a horror movie. But nonetheless, uh, I persevere. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about uh was marvel's what if uh it's a series that uh that that marvel has uh is in the current is currently being put out by marvel uh on disney um disney plus uh basically it's honestly has to kind of do with some of the, the themes that i'm i'm exploring in, in, in my screenplay, but uh, it's exploring this, uh, I'll give you the quick synopsis here, exploring pivotal moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and turning them on their head, leading the audience into uncharted territory. So the reason why I want to talk about this is because from like the first two episodes of the series, not going to lie, not going to lie to you here, wasn't overly impressed. The, the, really the only thing that kind of impressed me from the first two stories were was you know jeffrey wright he's about the only thing that i care for uh and jeffrey wright is voicing um 
the the watcher uh who's sort of the overseer uh basically it's like um with all these uh different universes that exist right again we talked about it a little bit before the idea that uh we have like many uh the many worlds theory i guess is what it's called uh that there are vastly different um there are a vast amount of realities, all of which are guided by decisions that people make. So if you, again, if you decide to go left instead of right, then both are exist, but you live in whichever one that you chose, right? Um, so with with that idea there, uh, and you can imagine how many realities exist because of how many fucking decisions we have to make every single day, um, not to even get into whether you're a determinist or whether you, you know, you're, you're, uh, all about free will, not entertaining that conversation, but you can imagine how many realities would exist if every decision that you make or that everybody makes leads all off and branches off into different realities, right? Um, and so Jeffrey Wright plays the watcher who is basically overseeing all of this and his job is not to get involved, but just to observe what is going on. And so Jeffrey Wright could literally fucking do anything. He could do anything and it will be awesome. Just his fucking voice is so penetrating. He has one of those like kind of James Earl Jones voices. One of those, uh, um, uh, um, Morgan Freeman type voices where it's just, I don't care what the fuck you're saying. Just keep saying it. I like, I remember uh, I've recently gone and watched uh, Westworld and Westworld is a animal all of uh, unto itself um, in terms of just whether it's good or not. Uh, I'd like to, you know, maybe at some point in time on a podcast, spend some time on, on talking about Westworld in terms of what my feelings are about it. But however you feel about it, it's, it's hard to deny that Jeffrey Wright is fucking awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and he doesn't even have to do much. That's just it. As soon as he fucking says something, you're like, I don't, okay, whatever you're saying is happening. I believe it. You know, like, you don't, you don't really fucking, you don't care. You just do hope that he's just like in every scene. Um, anyways, back to Marvel's what if, um, so, uh, they've put out three episodes to this point, um, and it's the 25th of uh, August, 2021. Uh, so far, they've put out three episodes. Uh, they've put out... Uh, let me see if I can find what the actual episodes are called here. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, so the first episode was What If um, Captain Carter um, were the first Avenger. Uh, the second episode is called... Uh, what if T'Challa became star uh, became a Star Lord, which is a, sort of weird because I I feel like Star Lord gave himself. Did he give himself the name? I don't know. If there's anybody watching right now that can help me out with that, you know, feel free. But uh, I want to say didn't he give himself the name? So it's like, or maybe um, maybe he got the name. Um. I don't know. Anyways, uh, and then they just put out episode three, which is what if the world's uh, the world lost its mightiest heroes. So let, let's start with uh, Captain Mar- uh, Captain Carter, uh, who uh, who basically she became um, the first Avenger by taking this uh, super serum that originally Steve Rogers, at least in, in the world that we know, uh, took. 
found it to be a kind of a snooze fest if I'm being perfectly fucking awesome. Because I kept asking myself the entire time of like, why do I care about this? I don't, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there was, there was just like, no, it was like, okay, she takes the super soldier serum and she just does shit that, you know, uh, Steve Rogers did. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking, the interesting thing is supposed to be here. Like what's the, what's the thing that's supposed to be like, holy shit. Like this is like, this changes everything. Like there was no moment like that. It was just like, oh, she just, she just fucking punches dudes like Steve Rogers punches dudes. I don't know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's how the episode kind of went and it, and it kind of do try to do some neat things. Like it still had Steve Rogers involved in terms of he, uh, he, uh, 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 not Tony Stark, but, uh, what's Tony's father? Um, fuck. I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking on this. Uh, damn, what's his name? I keep wanting to say Frank Stark, but that's that's not true whatsoever. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, Tony's father, um, who is working with, I guess the American government at that time, or maybe shield, I guess. Um, uh, he develops this sort of like iron man, like suit, which I don't know that story wise, that seems kind of far fetched. So he basically came up with iron man before his son would come up with the iron man suit. But the, neither of those two things really kind of crossed over in terms of like he didn't give his son like the schematics like here, son, like take this shit. You might need it one day. I don't know. Um, it was kind of weird uh, or kind of stupid. But um, uh, but yeah, uh, anyways, um, so first it was. Uh, so Peggy Carter, she takes the super soldier serum and then Steve Rogers, he's still involved by using this sort of like faux Iron Man suit. Um, and it was all kind of just like, meh. Okay. Like what? Like, so she's doing this, you know, dope shit instead of Steve Rogers, but like nothing else really like materially changes with it. Uh, as far as I can remember, um, I'd have to maybe watch the episode one more time to, to be able to say for sure, but it was all right. You know, um, and, and that's kind of how I felt about the series overall. She's like, eh, it's whatever, you know, and I know it's animated. So maybe don't take it as serious as we might. Some of the um, uh, live action um, series that they've put out recently, Falcon or, or Captain America, I guess, and, and Winter Soldier and um, WandaVision and Loki, you know, all of which I, I feel like all of which were pretty good. Uh, WandaVision didn't care for it so much, but Loki, I thought was probably the best of them all and Falcon or in a bunch of soldier, or I guess Captain America and a bunch of soldier was, was kind of middle of the road for me. Um, but they were all good. Uh, but from that pecking order, I would, I would definitely put them in, in sort of that order, which is Loki being the best out of all of them. Falcon and a bunch of soldier. And then WandaVision. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so we get to this first episode and I, I thought it was just kind of like, okay, not anything to like really care too too much about. Uh, and then we get to uh, episode two, which is, uh, what if T'Challa become, uh, became, became Star-Lord? Um, and so basically this explores exactly that, that what if, um, 
T'Challa was found by, um, I think Yandu, uh, I, b- I believe was his name. Um, well, what if, uh, what if they found T'Challa instead of finding Star Lord? Uh, and so it kind of goes through that, which was honestly, uh, I think I feel like a step up from, uh, from the first episode because it at least gave like a, a uniqueness to to that change whereas i felt like with the first episode with uh 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 peggy carter becoming um captain um the captain britain i think she came became um what was it captain or whatever captain carter she became captain carter uh that didn't really change anything that just was like she just did all the shit that Steve Rogers did as Captain America, which is kind of like, okay. Like, um, and then episode two, what if T'Challa became a, a star Lord? There was like some very stark differences there in that like uh, Yandu and, and all of its crew and their whole mission kind of changed that instead of just like pillaging for, for like kind of like no reason, it was really basically they were st- pulling a Robin hood, you know, stealing from the rich and giving back to the poor, which at least to my recollection was in, you know, again, I can be corrected on that, but was not necessarily the goal when, when Peter Quill was, uh, was a star Lord. Um, and then they got into this whole thing with, um, uh, with them going to, uh, the collector uh and trying to uh, get this thing that can help save the universe and all this other shit or or, uh, like a a particular world or something like that um and so they did all that um as well as like thanos had a like somehow had a drastically different story arc because you know then thanos became like kind of a good guy you know a hero um instead of trying to fucking genocide half the universe and it was funny they had this like nice back and forth of just like arguing about that of whether it was genocide or not that he was plotting um and uh yeah i just thought they, they, there was enough different there that i could like grasp onto and say okay well this was but even still the episode was kind of just like eh, okay cool it wasn't until this third episode uh which this third episode uh again had to do with uh what if the avengers uh basically what if everybody somebody killed all the avengers right which is uh killed thor killed hawkeye killed uh hulk killed uh tony stark as iron man um what if all these things happened um and killed uh black widow as well what if they just all died, right? What would happen? And um, it was just like, it was a really much more interesting episode. I feel like it was just like, oh shit. Like what if they killed all these people and and it, and it had uh, 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 Samuel Jackson or I guess um, Nick Fury kind of hunting around for them and shit um, and trying to figure out, solve this mystery of like who was killing them. Um, and it was like, it was like a mystery though, you know, like, um, it was something for us to sort of like solve. It was something for us to do, which I think was really different than some of the other episodes, which was, there wasn't really much guessing, uh, or there really wasn't much discovery with the captain Carter episode. It was just like, yeah, she just does all the same shit. And with the, um, T'Challa becoming Star-Lord episode, it was kind of just like things were different, but there wasn't really like, um, there wasn't really like a mystery there, you know, to, to sort of, uh, ex- explore, uh, I guess a little bit when you think about the fact that, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, Yandu had told T'Challa that, oh, like, you know, Wakanda was destroyed, but really it wasn't. They were still looking for him. Um, you Once you factor that in a little bit, it was kind of a little bit more interesting. But in reality, uh, there was no like real big mystery to the episode. This episode was like mysterious and that you're trying to figure out, you're trying to solve this thing along with them. And I think that that's always a better approach when you're dealing with these what if situations, because I think that gives us something to do. We can't just survive just purely off of the strength of, oh, this person became that person, you know, like, I, I feel like that's uh, okay. You know, uh, that only goes so far before the novelty of it just really fucking, you know, uh, runs dry. Uh, and so anyways, I just want to talk about that real quick. Um, have you guys been watching what if if so what do you think about it uh let me know in the comment section below but th- that was my my quick uh uh analysis if you will of what we've gotten so far uh with that being said i think we're gonna go ahead and jump into some trailers man some trailers man we're gonna get into these trailers here man um so uh we get two marvel trailers as it turns out we get one for the eternals and then one for spider-man we're going to tackle this eternals one first okay um so uh basically the and and we had reviewed a, a different trailer for the eternals but this is the final one um before you know the movie comes out i think it comes out uh, november 5th uh of 2021 uh so it tells the saga of the eternals a race of immortal beings who lived on earth and shaped its history and civilizations this is directed by chloe Zhao uh and has uh, more writers than i care to actually notate <laughs> um and stars selma hayek angelina jolie richard uh madden uh, uh, Kit Harrington, uh, among others, uh, shout out to, uh, to a little Game of Thrones reunion there. Um, but I have done, I have tried my best to not watch this trailer before, <laughs> uh, before today. So uh, I hope you, in you know, fucking respect my ability to to, to not watch these trailers because this came out like at the beginning of the week or even I think maybe at the tail end of last week, and I refused to watch it all so that I could watch it live here with you all. Uh, and with that being said. Uh, we are going to jump right into uh, the final trailer for Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago. Protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. 
haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. Please be a front row seat. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We've loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. Well, what's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall collection. Ikea. <laughs> uh, nice. Oops. Um, all right. So that was the uh, final trailer for Eternals. Um... My initial thoughts were we clearly got like a lot more than we got with that first trailer. Um, you know, got a lot of interesting tidbits about like who the Eternals even are. Um, and, you know, they, they are, uh, at least to my understanding, I believe they're celestials um, and they're just like super powerful beings. Uh, and I think you saw one celestial, I think holding like a fucking universe, I guess, in, in their hands. So, you know, you kind of get the scope of like who they are uh, and, and what they're doing. Um, and I want to say, who was that that they showed making all the... Uh, uh, decisions for them? Um... I'm trying to figure out who the fuck that was. I want to say it was, and I'm 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 stuttering here because I'm trying not to say the 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 not correct thing. Um, damn. Anyways, uh, maybe I'll look that uh, that up a little later and try to uh, try to figure that out. But anyways, um. That was it. That was a dope trailer, man. A lot of we, we actually got to see their powers this time, which I think last time we didn't really get to see their powers. We just got to see them just walking around looking very uh, contemplative. <laughs> um, but this time we actually got to, to see them do some shit, um, which was dope. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they because I, I wonder what the runtime for this movie has got to be like. It's got to be like two thirty if not north of that, because they're going to have to fit a lot of shit out of explaining exactly who the Celestials are, what they're doing here, why they didn't help with, uh, as, they, as they alluded to in, in, the, in the trailer, uh, why they didn't help with Thanos and shit. Um, although I guess they kind of explain that in that if they don't, if deviants aren't, you know, involved, then, you know, they're, they're not to be involved. But 
uh yeah they, they got a lot of shit to run through in about two hours and some odd minutes uh so either this is leading to something else or they're you know gonna have to uh they're gonna have to um they're gonna have to run through a lot of shit uh in that amount of time so anyways um but yeah i thought it was a dope trailer man um i'm very interested to see what happens with this because uh chloe Zhao, uh she's directing this and she um she directed the the movie uh nomadland i want to say uh if i'm remembering correctly yeah, i think it was called uh nomadland um and i thought that movie was it was interesting uh it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea but it was it was interesting nonetheless um and i think that uh it was a very sort of quiet movie you know uh and and it and it took its time and 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 so i wonder if she's going to be afforded the same sort of style here you know uh, or, or uh, if she's going to be able to do, kind of achieve the same sort of thing here where she's going to be able to sort of take her time with uh with the eternals uh in terms of telling the story and, and laying it out my guess is no uh that marvel wants you to get to the fuck to the point and uh and yeah but uh, I'm just curious to see what she does with it because she's coming from this sort of like indie director sort of point of view, which, you know, she wouldn't be the first person to direct something for Marvel being more of an indie director. Uh, but it, it is interesting that her style is very distinct in that it very it is very sort of more quiet, more contemplative than um you know, uh, then, then, then I guess what we're used to, what we're accustomed to with, uh, the, the, the Marvel universe, but, uh, but yeah, excited to see you nonetheless, man. Uh, November can get here soon enough. Um, but in speaking uh, about Marvel movies, we have yet another Marvel film that, uh, trailer just dropped. And this has been waiting for months. Uh, people have been waiting on the trailer for, uh, spider-man no way from home uh and uh, last we get it uh now it was apparently leaked early um but uh you know they i guess they just decided fuck it let's just go ahead and <laughs> and put it out uh or maybe they had always planned to put it out who the fuck knows but um but but yeah um we get a trailer for spider-man no way from home now uh for the first time in its cinematic history of spider-man our friendly neighborhood hero is unmasked and no longer is able to separate his normal life from the high stakes of being a superhero when he asks for help from dr strange the stakes become uh even more dangerous forcing him to discover what is truly what it truly means to be spider-man this is directed by john watts uh and written by chris um, mckenna as well as uh, Eric uh, Summers, uh, and of course stars oops, uh, stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya. Always forget. I don't know why. Every time I learn how to say it, I immediately forget. Uh, and then Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, among just a sleuth of other pe- uh, slew of other people, sleuth of other people. Um, uh, a lot of other fucking people who are, are in this film, uh, and is due out December seventeenth. Um, uh, uh of 2021 so uh yeah without further ado let's just jump into spider-man no way home oh look at this this is a good one some suggest that parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females stop come on <laughs> yes my spider lord <laughs> 
Can we just like stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is in fact Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. Beth, how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, be safe to have the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. The entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really stop talking. What just happened? We tampered with the stability of space-time. Multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. trying to win a ps5 here so um that was the trailer for spider-man no way home that we've been waiting for for a very long time um yeah really fucking interesting really interesting uh like i thought i thought strange was going to be kind of like peppered in I didn't think that he would be like such an integral part of the story, which, uh, you know, I, I, I do my best not to try to like read up or, or see anything about, and I still do from time to time, but, uh, to try to like know too, too, too much about the films before they come out. Because I feel like sometimes people like know every fucking nook and cranny about what's going to come into film. And then they're like, disappointed when something they heard wasn't in there or whatever the case is and, and then you know whatever it's, it's just like a spiral you know situation um and so i didn't i don't i didn't really know i, I knew strange was going to be in it but i didn't know he was going to be in it and i didn't know he was going to be like oh shit like strange is like half the fucking movie apparently at least according to this 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 trailer or this teaser trailer if you will um 
Uh, obviously, we got the Doc Ock there uh, from Spider-Man 2, um, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man um, series. That was uh, expected and fucking awesome uh, at the same time. Uh, and uh, we know, of course, Jamie Foxx is going to be in it. Uh, and then, um, you know, um, he plays uh, Judge Jameson. Um, what is his name? I forget. Fuck. Forget, forget his name. Um, but uh, fuck, this is going to disturb me now. And I can't, I got to go back and, and, remember his name uh but uh you have just like a shit ton of people who you know have been in previous spider-man films none some of which who weren't um jk simmons that's his name um that's that's who i was trying to find uh uh who plays john j jameson right jonah james john jonah jameson j John on jj jameson (laughs) in the fucking spider-man universe okay uh but anyways um that was interesting man um you know it's uh i I feel like that's like that's an interesting way to sort of take it that this is all being basically caused by peter that this isn't some like super villain or somebody like that throwing the fucking universe out of whack it's just peter you know and, and and trying to sort of be two different people he's uh he's throwing the universe uh throwing it all in the multiverse into fucking chaos because he you know just doesn't want to he doesn't want to have to balance both of being spider-man as well as being um peter parker and i think that that's that's a really interesting way to that's an interesting area to explore because i think you know, it's it's and i noticed this watching i wasn't so much a reader of the comics as i watched uh the 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 animated series from from back in the nineties, and one of the persistent things is is that his him being Spider Man always comes in like that's like a staple of Spider Man, right? Uh, him being Spider Man comes into conflict conflict with him being Peter Parker and vice versa. Um, but I always thought it would be interesting, uh, you know, what if it was just out there that he was Spider Man? You know, what does that world look like for him? Because I feel like part of the part of the excuse that he could give himself sometimes is that, um, Oh, I'm doing this in order to protect those around me or yada, yada. Um, but in reality, I think it's, it's at least in part was due to him not reconciling, reconciling both sides of himself, which is a interesting conversation to have. And it seems like this might dive into that a little bit. I don't know how much, but at least it seems like to some degree it's going to. So I'm looking forward to that. It looks dope, man. It looks fucking dope, man. And, uh, yeah, to see Doc Ock there at the end, uh, was, was awesome. And all these years later after Spider-Man two, um, to see him pop back up in a Spider-Man film as Doc Ock in a completely sort of different, uh, well, I guess not a completely different context, but, and and knowing sort of that we have there's a good chance that we're going to see unless those rumors have been dispelled and i just have not been aware of it but uh, for one of the few rumors that i have heard about the film uh uh toby mcguire as well as andrew garfield might be reprising their roles as uh, a, a spidey um and 
opening that up is is really fucking interesting. I think it's I think it's dope. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um so we're we're gonna move on here to some other shiznat that we got going on. And leave a comment below. What do you think of the uh you know what do you think of the um the trailer for for No Way? Was it worth the wait? Because I know people who'd be like, where's the trailer for way no way from home? Um and finally you get it is was it was it everything that you hoped it would be? Uh all right switching gears here um look i, I want to talk about and i started this podcast off talking about uh some some different topics as far as just like you know looking inward at oneself and it appears that somebody else was doing that as well somebody else said uh somebody else has been reading my blog no, i don't have a blog but <laughs> we have uh jonah hill man and he's he, he made the news and uh it was basically if i'm to sum up basically it was just him being more reflective uh uh reflective is that the word that's the word i want to look for right reflective right i think it is i'm pretty sure it's the word i want to look for uh reflective about his life man just in general so uh, i'm gonna give you an article or uh, section from an article from uh, from Yahoo here. Um, this is just him with like kind of random quotes. I think it was like Vanity Fair. No, GQ. I think it was GQ. He did an interview with GQ, I believe. Uh, let me just verify that real quick. Yeah. Uh, so he did an uh, interview with GQ style um, and uh, and he just dropped some, some quotes. So I'll just read you a few of those. So uh, he says uh, and he's basically talking about sort of like his sort of uh, um how fame and all that other stuff just kind of just jumped up on him, you know, um, that he went from like nobody really knowing who he was to like everybody knowing who he was and how it kind of just changed it up for him. Um, and he says, says, uh, I was a kid. He continued, I had probably too much power for a young person and too much autonomy and not enough life skills. I dropped out of college and I used, uh, and I used to not get why people would go to college because if you're ambitious, why would you spend four years just idling? And then I didn't realize until I turned 30 that, what those four years gave all my friends uh, was this wobbling period for how to be a person. And I was really advanced professionally, but really behind personally. All my 20s, I wasn't really looking inward. I was just running towards success or trying to find success. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, and I'll pause right there from from the quotes and, and I'll say, you know, for my knee-jerk reaction to this was, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, you're successful beyond what most people attain in their fucking lifetimes. More money, more acclaim, all these things that a lot of people get. So my first initial response was, shut the fuck up. Then once I kind of got off my high horse a little bit, kind of thought, yeah, that's 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 got to be tough, man, to reach su- such success at such a young age and i would say even 20 maybe even a little bit later than some people actually you know because i think when we think back to you know jonah hill we think oh he must have been in his teens while he made super bad but to, to know that he was like in his early 20s puts a little bit of a different spin on it but there, there's some people who you know from being child actors like so like so for instance like the the you know anybody who's like fucking in the mickey mouse club who, who gained success the the britney spears of the world the justin timberlakes the selena gomez's the uh what's her name uh, ariana grande's the you know um 
all these people who are finding success uh, in their youth, uh, having to deal and manage with that success, Justin Timberlake or Justin Timberlake, uh, Justin Bieber's, um, although I guess you could even count Justin Timberlake in that, but um, the Justin Bieber's of the world who find this massive amount of success early and then um, have to are tasked with dealing with that success, you know, and not to mention if they, you know, have uh, if they have family members who are actually like looking out for them, if they have people or just people in their lives who are actually looking out for their best interest, um, you know, that's got to be tough as a kid to grow up in that because you don't really know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> you're just doing shit, you know? And, and I think to like, okay, shit, what if I had that massive success when I was a kid? I'd love to think that I'd be mature about it, but I know for sure I wouldn't be mature about it. I know for sure I would just be fucking reckless. Uh, I was already reckless in my early 20s, you know, just as a person without any success, you know, I was already doing just dumb shit that I'm still paying for to this very day, literally, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, when you, when you saying those words about, you know, being in his twenties and, and not, um, not knowing what the fuck he was doing and, and wishing that maybe he had finished college or, um, or that he recognized what he was missing by not going to college, uh, is, you know, that, that I can, I can sympathize with that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but I'll read a little bit more from the article here. Despite his professional success, the Moneyball and the Wolf of Wall Street star decided at 30 that if he didn't get uh, off this train now, he would never realize his true passion, which is directing. So he hit pause and took uh, three or four years to reshape things, including writing 2018's mid-90s, which became his directorial debut. He said that uh, that experience helped him evolve as a, a, as a person. Um, and then he goes on to talk about how his mission in life basically is to be happy. And uh, and it also, he recognizes a little bit of his own hypocrisy. So let's, let's deal with that first part. Of it though this this sort of mission for happiness look this is the thing and i was kind of trying to talk about this at the beginning of the podcast that or at least maybe i feel like i was trying to talk about this in the beginning of the podcast is that look we all define um success really differently um and i think what i'm starting to define success as is by just being open and honest with myself and kind of how i do that is is by writing by you know um, Again, I'm writing this short film right now and trying to be more honest with myself within the context of this screenplay uh, is uh, something that I, I and so when I when I don't have a successful day in writing, it feels like I'm failing myself a little bit because then that's how I'm sort of measuring success right now. Um, and so as Jonah Hill, you know, puts it that he's his mission is to try to be happy instead of, you know, the partying and boozing and all this other stuff. I'm sure that he was that he was into. It's just like, you know, kind of doing simpler things surfing or spending time with his nephew and niece, you know, or, uh, or, or just doing shit like that, that, um, helps to sort of like ground you a little bit in this sort of like ever. Cause you know, I'm sure in the Hollywood sphere, he's just dealing with just endless amounts of distractions and fuck shit that you don't really care about at the end of the day, you know, but that's just there, you know? Um, and I think that, for people who do find success really fucking early, um, it is important to sort of disconnect from all that to, uh, 
to to find a slice of the world that just feels like it's a slice of the world you know so when you when you see some of these child actors and you know they they you know, you hear, oh, they just, you know, they, 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 they started doing something else other than, you know, Hollywood. Some of it might be due to like, oh, okay, maybe they just didn't have what it took to proceed. But I, I would imagine that a, a decent amount of that has to do with trying to find your own peace in life. And sometimes it's really fucking hard to find your own peace in life when you got a lot of noise around you, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, no matter who the fuck you are, whether you're the world's poorest person or the world's richest person, what you're really looking for, I think at the end of the day is a piece of the world that makes sense to you. And and for a lot of people, I feel like that's peace, you know? Uh, so they're trying to find a piece of the world that is peace, you know? Um, and we do it in these weird ways sometimes that sometimes we lash out or we do these things because we're trying to find it, but we're not. So then we just started, start doing fucking crazy shit, you know? And again, this is me playing uh, Monday morning therapist, but, uh, uh, but, you know, we start doing these this weird ass shit and we wonder why the fuck did I do that? Well, it's because there's somewhere in me I'm trying to find peace and I don't know how to find it. So then I just start doing reckless shit, you know, because I think that somehow that's going to find me peace, you know, um, it's, it's all sort of a means to an end. So, uh, so while there, I'm sure are some people who are going to look at this like, oh, well, look at this fucking Hollywood you know, fucking elite dude. He's been in all these fucking movies. He's got fucking more money than I'll ever fucking see in my life. Uh, you know, woe is me. You know, uh, I'm sorry. You have a very successful fucking career. There are people who graduated from the same college that you're talking about who don't fucking have jobs to this day. Uh, you know, so, you know, please stop with your fucking tears. But it's all fucking relative, dude. It's all relative, man. So whether you're Jonah Hill or somebody else, you know, who Jonah Hill maybe you went to school with, who had a completely different, you know, outcome for life. At the end of the day, we're, we're all just trying to be happy, man. And we're all trying to find that happiness, you know, at, at least to some degree, you know, I think when you, when you peel back all the layers and you look underneath it all, I think that's what you're going to find. Some people who are trying to find what makes them happy in a world that it seems like it's trying night and day to hand you the opposite, you know? Uh, and, and also too, I think what should be added on to that is that, you know, he says his mission is to be happy. But but I I think happiness is a part of it. You know I think I think happiness is a part of it. But I don't think that that's like the destination. Um, as has been said in many a fucking movies and literature, yada yada. Happiness uh, is a feeling, not a destination. You know, um, and your goal shouldn't simply to be just happy. Uh, but to find some sort of happiness is 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 you know a goal, but. It can't be the only mission. That can't be the purpose because, you know, otherwise, you know, fuck it, just uh, stay high all day, every day, right? Because you'll be more than happy to <laughs> to just be fucking high as a kite because, you know, it, happiness is like fucking chemicals in the brain and shit, you know, to say you're happy. But, but I think what maybe matters more than that is peace, 
you know, is to be, uh, is to have some sort of peace in life, you know, is sort of the, the, the goal because, you know, I think we sometimes is, especially here in America, like we define ourselves by like chaos, you know, it, you know, we, like conflict, like that's what we did. Like, that's what we love it. You know, we love conflict. That's why like, you know, there's, uh, you know, so many people love just like mindless action movies because we just love to see fucking chaos, you know, and we, we, we love that tension um, that that's what breeds drama. That's what breeds interesting outcomes is or at least that's what we tie to it right is uh chaos you know and 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 how to make sense out of chaos you know um but i think that what the mission should be uh and i'm just fucking saying random shit here but uh what the mission should be is finding pieces i guess the 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 end to that thesis but anyways he he talks also about um recognizing his own hypocrisy like i think he was talking about like smoking cigarettes or some shit and how how he like recognizes that like okay like and you know he he i guess makes fun of people who post shit on like instagram but then he does the same shit and he's like well you know i i can be aware but what that screams to me is like self-awareness right like i think that we all need to like cut ourselves from slack and be able to be at least a little hypocritical with some shit okay (laughs) especially non-consequential uh non-consequential shit um i think we need to allow ourselves that ability to be a little bit hypocritical um and that to do shit like okay yeah i know these you know i'm trying to live this healthier life but i'm also smoking these cigarettes that could fucking kill me (laughs) i get this (laughs) you know uh and uh uh, but i allow myself the occasional cigarette just to you know and i I don't i don't smoke myself but you know, I, I kind of, you know, cut yourself some slack, I think is, is the, the idea there. And I think that that's what I try to do myself too, is, is, you know, there are plenty of things that I, you know, need to do either do better or, you know, seem to be better with, like, I need to eat healthier. I need to exercise. I need to do all the things I want to do, but do all the things that I need to do, you know, uh, and, but within that, I think I need to allow myself the ability to um, to be able to be a little to, to not do those things sometimes, you know, to to do some dumb shit sometimes, to, you know, but but within reason, you know, um, and I think that that's, you know we all have bad habits. We all have things that are like terrible for us. Like, so for instance, um when it comes to eating, you know, I, I, I enjoy sweets. I enjoy, you know, uh, uh, meat, uh, even though, you know, your, your entire diet, at least, well, I guess, depending on what diet you're fucking on, but, uh, your entire diet probably shouldn't be all meat, I guess. <laughs> you know, you should have some veggies in there. You should have some, some healthier foods in there, you know? And, you know, I, I, get down on myself i'm like fuck i'm eating my third chicken sandwich of the day like i <laughs> let's 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 rope this in you know um but you know, i don't know fuck it sometimes you know like i'm not saying that should always be the case but you know allow yourself to do that sometimes and you'll find that the things that you find so hard become less hard if you allow yourself room for air right? Like what I mean by that is it'll be easier to eat healthier if you allow yourself not to eat healthy sometimes, because if you just quit cold Turkey, some people I'm sure are able to do that, but I feel like most people aren't 
like our brains aren't like wired that way to just be, quit something cold turkey and then be done with it because then when that urge comes back it comes back in like this fucking massive way where you just like destroy like eight pizzas you know eight eight large pizzas by yourself and you know after you fucking look around and you're just covered in grease and shit you're like what the fuck did i just do and it's all spurred from the fact that you didn't allow yourself to fucking eat it once in a while um yeah uh but anyways uh so i i was reading that about jonah hill uh and i thought that was like really interesting let's move the fuck on okay um Let's move on to uh, Daniel Craig. Holy shit. Daniel Craig's in the news because he said, man, fuck them kids. All right. I ain't giving them shit, kids shit. <laughs> uh, so Daniel Craig, uh, so he, he uh, made some statements this past week uh, that, that caught some people's ears. Um, so, and I don't know who he was doing like the interview with. Uh, I'm supposing I could find that out, but it doesn't even fucking matter. Uh, so he basically made a statement that says, my philosophy is to get rid of, uh, and he's talking about money, his, his like money in this case, and he's worth a lot of money. Uh, I'll get to that in just a moment. But he says, my philosophy is to get rid of it uh, or give it away before you go. Uh, Craig told the magazine, uh, and again, be interesting to find out what magazine that is. Hold on, let me see. Uh, Apparently, it was Candace Magazine uh, in his native Britain. Um, never heard of it. Uh, shout out to, to Wayne. Um, so, so yeah, he says, my philosophy is to get rid of it or give it all away um, before you go. Um, uh, Craig told the magazine, he cited uh, an adage that uh, if you die a rich person, you failed, uh, calling it distasteful to leave massive sums uh, to his heirs. So Daniel Craig is worth approximately $160 million. I don't know if that's before or after this fucking deal that he signed for to do the new uh, uh, Knives Out films, which uh, I th- I'm pretty confident he's getting 100 mil for that a cool hundred mil uh, to do the knives out sequels so both um uh so both two and three um from netflix um don't know if that's before or after that but i know he's getting paid a fuck ton uh to do the bond films and he basically says i ain't give a shit to my kids now being his kid look there's two there's two schools of thoughts first of all being a sketch yeah you got to be like fuck dad what the fuck dude like jesus christ you're doing what <laughs> with what <laughs> being a kid i would be pissed right because it's like motherfucker i've had to fucking deal with your shit for fucking 18 some goddamn years you know or for at least 18 years i don't know i don't know if his kids how old they are or whether they, i don't i have no idea <laughs> what age his kids are or anything like that but uh but it's just like man motherfucker like why like uh, you're trying to give it away to charity i'm charity i need money <laughs> right uh so if i was kids that's what i would be probably saying right because like what the fuck dad like that's some bullshit but there are a lot of people who are going to be like oh, i don't know why you give you know give money to your kids it's you know we're building legacy you know um you know i'm going to leave that to my kids look what i would say to that is that life is simply and, I, and people would be much better to, to just like remember this. T- and I'm saying this as a fact, okay? I'm saying it as a fact. The fuck if I care if this either comes back to bite me in the ass or uh, like obviously not universally true, but I don't care. I'm saying it as a universal truth. Life is simply all about perspective. 
Okay. Everybody will be better for understanding that simple fucking fact. Okay. (laughs) That life is simply about your perspective. Look, like, so for instance, I was, I was watching, I think, uh, the breakfast club or, uh, like a a clip from the breakfast club. And they were talking about this whole Daniel Craig thing. And they were like, they just were like, uh, you know, Charlemagne and, and Envy were like, what the fuck? Like, why would you, why would you not leave your money to your kids? Like, that's like, what do you like? And you wouldn't be dying a rich person if you gave money to your kids. But I think it's, it's all about perspective being black men who I'm sure grew up without much themselves. Of course, that would be your perspective that, of course, the reason why you work so hard, at least part of the reason why you work so hard and do all these things is so that you can make your children's lives better than your own and to leave them something to build off of, uh, to build their own ideas and do things off of. Right. But there's a flip side to that. There is a side where and I don't know anything about Daniel Craig. I don't know about how he grew up or anything like that. So I'm making some wild assumptions here. But fuck it. (laughs) It's the fate podcast. Wild assumptions come with the territory. Um, you can you can be a Daniel Craig, and maybe you grew up and you saw maybe you grew up in a pretty affluent household. Uh, maybe you yourself are the beneficiary of a very sort of cushy life based off of what your parents did, right? Um, maybe you saw a bunch of other kids who grew up with being pretty uh, affluent and kind of saw them. T- be pieces of shit, you know, because they just had access to an abundance amount of money that they didn't really have to work for themselves. There's, there is something to the fact that whether you're born with money or born without it, there is something to what your outlook therefore is on life that based off of your perspective, right? If you always grew up with money and everybody around you always had money, then when you meet somebody who that is not their experience, they're like foreign to you. You're like, I'm sorry, what? You're having a hard time doing what in life? I'm sorry, you need universal health care for what? I don't get it. Why can't you just go and pay for, you know, the surgery? I don't I don't get it. Like I don't I don't get why you're struggling to do all these things. You're you're trying to go to college and you are taking out a loan for what? Huh? Why? Why would you do this? Just fucking pay for it. It's fine, right? Like that, like you, you, you can perceive what poor people are, or, or people without money are, but you can't like relate to it. You can't that like, and so once, like I, I suppose you're trying to like teach your kids a lesson that, and that's a lesson that's kind of like it's hard to teach your kids if they never want for anything, right? Like if your kids never want for anything, then it's hard to teach them the lessons that yo, like this isn't what it's like for everybody. Like it's hard to instill that idea into them that this is not what life is like for everybody. Um, and so, uh, so perhaps from Daniel Craig's point of view, that that's just how his outlook is. And look, he has a fuck ton of money. I'm sure maybe he is, maybe he isn't going to leave his kids shit, but I'm sure he's not going to not give them anything. Right. Like if these kids were like, Hey, fuck, I, I need to go in for this like mega surgery and it's going to be more than anything that I can afford on my own. I'm sure he's not going to be like, well, tough titties. Sorry. <laughs> Good luck Holmes. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to do shit for them, you know? Um, but to like, uh, but, and, and you know, what's so funny too, it, it's also why we, we look at like, um, 
you know, we look at all these people who are like legacy people, like people who uh, go to colleges because, you know, they're, they're basically grandfathered into the colleges. We look at people who are grandfathered into certain jobs. We look at people who, um, you know, I, I remember watching um, the Silicon Cowboys. I, feel, I believe he's on a Netflix <clears throat> and just, I was just amazed at, or not amazed, but like, I just remember thinking distinctly like, oh, okay. You know, when we talk about inequality, like, you, how the fuck do you correct shit like this where, you know, dealing with what black people had to deal with, you know, uh, back in, say, like the 60s and 70s, right? The racial shit that they were dealing with back then affected like how could it not affect everything now when you had people back then when silicon valley just was like formulating like people were like oh well you know i went to this venture capitalist and got this money and we got this funding and then we did this and did that and we're able to build this and build out and a lot of these companies are like worth fucking mega millions (laughs) um today well if you're a black person from from that same time period and you're just trying to drink at the same water fountain <laughs> like what like what how do you what's the like how do you even those playing fields you know um and so to not create that same scenario yeah i don't think you should be able to leave your kids a certain amount of money can you leave your kids something yes absolutely right but should you be able to just because what that's going to breed is just like these same these people who are so removed from like rea- the realities of like everyday people who that doesn't happen for that they're just going to look at those people like oh you must be fucking lazy you're just not doing the thing you're supposed to do when really it's just like no motherfucker you just look at the fucking Donald Trumps of the world right who say a kind of modest loan of like what does he say four million or something like that he said even though it was like four hundred million I forget how the story was but he had like four hundred million dollars or some shit like that 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 he that he was inherited i guess from his from his uh father um and he would be like well i just worked really hard and it's just like what (laughs) bruh like you give me not even a tenth of that and i can i'm i'm good the rest of my life you know (laughs) you know like you know not to mention pissing it all away doing whatever the fuck it was that he that he was doing but you know, you, 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 you're more likely to create people who, especially if they have it from like birth, uh, create people who are really removed from the, uh, the understanding of how society like works truly. Right. Like, because if you have enough money, you can shelter yourself from how any of this shit actually works because you don't need to know you have money. You don't need to be concerned with, uh, you know, uh, how economics work. You, you don't need to really be concerned with how, uh, you know, how the healthcare system works. You don't really need to be concerned with how the educational system works because it doesn't fucking matter to you. You have money. You can pay for literally anything. Anyways, uh, I just thought that was really interesting uh, uh, with uh, Daniel Craig saying that because I honestly wouldn't really expect that. I, Daniel Craig. We don't fucking I don't know much about Daniel Craig. Uh, really, I I think he was perfectly cast as Bond because he says three words and, you know, uh, that's all we hear from fucking Daniel Craig or, or that's, I guess, what the illusion is. Maybe he is really talkative. I don't know. But um don't know much about him, but I, I like this comment out of him. Look, I don't know if I necessarily adopt that same philosophy because, again, my perspective is a little different than what I think maybe his his might be or from really anybody's. But I respect it, though. I respect that. I can I can see I can see why that would be the case. I don't know that again. I don't know if that would be the same for me personally, but I can see a world where that would make sense for somebody like him. So.
Yo, all right, coming to a special edition, special edition coming to you live and direct. Uh, it's not live at all. This is pre-recorded uh, by the time you've seen this. Uh, but yeah, man, we want to make sure we got this convo in, man. We've been doing our series of uh, greatest show of all time. Uh, this is the final matchup in the first round between, uh, oh my gosh, uh, two heavyweights in, 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 the, in the sphere. The Sopranos breaking bad. The Jedi Master, the Apprentice. All right. Uh, we're going to be, be, be uh, cracking on, as they say, uh, about um, <laughs> uh, about these two shows uh, in just a bit uh, in order to end our first round of this here tournament of greatest show of all time. Uh, but yeah, man, I uh, just want to chop it up with you real quick. How's it going? How you doing, man? You're on the men's. I appreciate you making some time. I know these are difficult times. You can't quite get around as well as you used to. I don't know. Talk to the people. Yeah, listen, I, I've lost my mobility. Um, <laughs> just in case anyone is wondering what Tony is talking about, I had a uh, Achilles tendon rupture. Basically, uh, if you don't know what that is, my Achilles tendon, the shit snapped. Like it was like a fucking rubber band. You know, when a rubber band snaps, it just complete separation. Um, but you know, hey, you know, shout out to um, Blue Cross Blue Shield <laughs> 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 because you know that uh, that insurance coverage is going to come in handy. You know what I learned through this experience? I don't use my insurance, my health insurance, as much as I could. Like I yeah, called sure. and I got the, I talked to somebody and I got the full wrap of like everything that's covered under my medical plan. And there's shit like, uh, you know, being able to go see like a chiropractor, um, which I'm going to take advantage of that. You know, obviously there's like dental and vision, and all that stuff, but there's like, you know, therapists, chiropractors, um, uh, uh, you know, massage therapists, right? Like, you know, there's so many things covered underneath your health plan that you just kind of like don't take advantage of until you need it. But I got to start taking advantage of that shit like weekly because the insurance yeah. companies take advantage of us. Right. So I'm going to start using some of my benefits. It, so fuck it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, whether well. it's covered or not covered, you know, or, or whether you're paying for it out of pocket, like maybe there's a bit of your paycheck that goes towards the insurance or they just fully cover it. Either way, you know, you still pay a guap for like car insurance and they still, you, you, how often do you get into a fucking accident? Not that often. So you might, if it comes yeah. with benefits, you might as well take advantage of it. Um, and so, so yeah, man, uh, it's great that you have insurance in order to, because we were just, talking about it i think the week before you uh you, you got the injury or just even a few days before you got the injury you were talking about that and like you're like yeah it'd be it'd be like because i was talking about how i was at the gym and heard heard a heard a noise i probably shouldn't hear out of my back uh <laughs> you know and you were talking about having you know thank god that you would have insurance in those type of situations so yeah man use it use it smoke them while you got them as they say as the, uh, as the yeah. old phrase goes uh but yeah man oh look man i just want to talk super quick and get my dog going wild right now uh just want to talk super quick about a couple of different things that i'm watching right now man uh i just got done watching old um that movie is stupid uh and look i had gotten into this mind frame that i'm not gonna call other movies like stupid because to create any movie it takes there are a lot of things that have to come together for it you gotta fucking write it then you gotta you know pull all the money together for it uh or sometimes that happens in reverse sometimes the money's there and you just gotta produce a script yada yada it's a fucking lot of work to bring a script from a to z from from being letters on a page to actually being something that people are watching on in whether it be in theaters or in the comforts of their own home 
but old was just a pointless movie. I you watched it, uh, and I'd been wondering for for a long I time. I saw it like, in theaters too. Like, oh Jesus Christ! I couldn't imagine wasting fucking thirty, forty bucks on on a night out for that. That was uh, because and my whole thing stamps. stamps I don't remember from, if we like, snuck into it or not though, so I may not have wasted <laughs> money because uh, I know we yeah. we went we saw the Green Knight before, and then we saw Old after, and I forget yeah. whether or not we paid for it. Yeah, yeah, your intuition told you I probably shouldn't pay for this i probably should just go ahead i and think so yeah the theater. um but my only problem is is, is not only problem but one of my major problems is that the movie very literally has not one single point there is no point to this movie i don't understand what the message was supposed to be <laughs> like like you know how a movie has sometimes like, like a clear surface level like point to it this movie has like zero point. I don't, and maybe yeah. if I go back and watch it again, I'll find something, maybe something I missed or something I, that was like obvious that, but like, at least just like on the surface level, there's just like, no, it's like people, you know, and spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched uh, old, but we will go to a fucking Island. They're sick. They have some, some, some sort of shit that's going with them, but this particular item, uh, Island, uh, uh, apparently because of like some fucking magnetism or some shit. I don't know. Uh, they fucking get age rapidly, you know, or time moves differently on, on this particular sect of the Island. And then they all basically die except for the two of the kids. And that's it. Like that's very, and they expose what they're doing, but it's just like, well, what the fuck was the thing gained or lost here? Like, what was the, Oh, you disappeared on me. Oh, you're bad. I did. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to avoid this, but like my camera is going through some like demo mode bullshit. Oh, um, am I back? Can you see me? You got me? I can see you now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm surprised the anti-vaxxers didn't <laughs> jump on this old movie and say like, oh, this is what's going to happen if you take the vaccine. That's why I don't trust it. And yeah. then, you know, then people on Twitter would have picked that up and they would have been like, you know, like, you know, all these like fake vaccine facts is like, well, you know, it ages you rapidly if you like, no, that was a movie. Well, so my theory goes, uh, they also found it really stupid somehow. They, they were like, you know what? A bridge too far. Okay. Like this is really stupid. So we're, we're going to abandon that immediately. It was that dumb. Um, yeah. And so I'm going so, I mean, to show that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I slightly disagree with you, with your take on it. Cause like, mm-hmm. I thought it was a decent movie. Um, I, I didn't, hate it you know uh what, what, what i, I did you enjoyed it was about like what was like outside of the surface level they're just doing fucked up shit to people like what was the movie like what were we supposed to take out of the movie like what, what's like the message so like and here's where we disagree uh, i think you think like um and, and not, not to put words in your mouth but like for me, not every movie has like some bigger message that you have to take something from it. Uh, no, it can I'm be saying, purely for like was, entertainment or story. What was even um, like, the surface level message? Like even just like the, what was like the point? I guess like bad people just so, doing bad shit. Is that uh, maybe that's, I think the, it's just like a very interesting concept of like uh, maybe like how the natural world works, right? Like, or, or things we don't understand about the way the world works. And here's a place in like, you know, there was this Island, there's this beach in which something, I, what, I don't know if, if it was a sulfur in the air, maybe it was like the amount of like rich, uh, you know, the richness of the water, the sand or that the atmosphere, whatever it was, in that particular spot on the beach that caused people to age rapidly. Um, Obviously those scientists were trying to understand it and they were trying to like find uh, ways to use the the coral to 
you know, discover and you know, uh, discover new medicines and find new like ways to treat cancer and things like that. So I think it was like um, what, what I took from it is like how far is like the world of science willing to go, right? You know, to uh, to find a cure. Like, is is sacrificing the one for the many? is that justifiable or is it, um, you know, it, or is it not justifiable, right? Like they were taking these people and they were um, sacrificing them. They were taking their lives from them um, ultimately. Right. But through those things, they were, I think at the end of the movie, what, what cancer did they find a cure for? Was it like Alzheimer's? No, no, it was, um, oh God, uh, she had like epilepsy. I think the, the lady, uh, one of the ladies had uh, epilepsy and the epilepsy drug that they gave her apparently like based off of the, the how time moved on the island, uh, they said, oh, like it was effective for about 16 years, this, this medicine mm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it's like that, you, in, in yeah. sacrificing those few people, you know, if you can like save or improve millions of lives, like how does the scientific community justify those things? And like, is it actually justifiable or is it just like, um, you know, one of those like things where it's like people do evil things to other people and they'll find a way to make it justifiable. Right. So, so that much I get, I, I guess the problem that I have is, is that they sacrifice those type of like that question that you, or, or this, um, take on the movie that you have absolutely correct the problem is is that they leave that for like the very end instead of like having that be like a through line throughout the entire movie right because that's that's true when you when you think about movies that you really appreciate you appreciate how you can tie the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie you know but when there's just like in the last like third of the movie when there's just this like big sort of like reveal like oh this is what it is but that has like really like no relationship like so for instance like the relationship between the husband and the wife what it, what what the fuck did it matter in the end not nothing like it mattered, it mattered the whole relationship of everybody like the whole relationships between everybody that we watched it didn't have a single bearing on the end of the film like besides maybe you could argue the brother and sister relationship but even that was just like there was no there was no thing that was just like we were tracking that we were like okay there's like like a natural conclusion to this particular arc um and if they were going to like you know it be like oh hey like you know um is it is it ethical to like sacrifice a few people for the many there's so many different ways they could have built that into the story to have that be a question that you track from the beginning of the story to the end so you can see sort of you know what the even argument is but when you just add that in in the end it's just like well what the fuck like it, yeah it, it like, felt like an afterthought like if they yeah. had i wish they had introduced that into like the middle right um mm -hmm. or maybe even like somewhat past the middle right where give us time to like begin to like like the characters and understand their stories and like you know sympathize with them right and then introduce this like complex question of like is this is sacrificing these few people um in order to save like millions and try and cure cancers and like you know cure diseases like is that you know ethical right yeah. um and then and then you're left with the rest the, throughout the rest of this film like asking yourself that question it's like oh man like you know, these are real people these are real human beings and like their lives matter but what if these four or five lives can save like four or five million right. you know yeah. um and then at the end of the movie like uh you know give us a way to like answer that question right like give us the answer or you know give us like more to think about but right. to your point like they just left it at for like the last 30 seconds of the movie they're like oh yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> <By the way. laughs> uh, and blue cross blue shield <laughs> 
<laughs> they're working uh, on these medicines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is Blue Cross ethical? I don't know. You know, like they like they just literally like left it for like the last like twenty seconds of the film, and it's just like, all right, well, that seems like a big thing to fucking completely ignore until the last second. But whatever. Uh, uh, disappointed again by M Night Shyamalan. They just need to stop letting this dude make movies. I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for the fact that he shared like he if it wasn't for the movie was it called shattered was that the movie with uh uh, uh wasn't that like uh, break or you saw samuel l jackson glass no no it, not glass but the one that came right before glass it was like a split that's what it was called uh with mm, uh james yeah. mcavoy if it wasn't for like the last like bit of that movie where and honestly split wasn't actually that bad but if it wasn't for the fact that that shares like a universe with glass and it was like oh shit that's like a big reveal they should really just let him just stop you just no no more movies for you all right if you want to maybe make a music video out here now and then cool but no more fucking feature films because they're fucking stupid okay <laughs> i couldn't tell you the yeah, last listen, some of us was like, some of us fail fail what is it uh fail forward right point is that the saying yeah um all the same uh, I, I like the village um i liked uh didn't he do six cents yeah, he did. So, but that's what I'm saying again. Is it's like he had like his early M Night Shyamalan was like, all right, cool. But then you start progressing like movie after movie. You're like, oh, this is just getting dumber and dumber. Like it's just yeah, <laughs> it's just like we're, we're we're heading on a downward slope here. It's not like his like best stuff. Like he's you know, it's a mix of like sometimes he does good stuff, sometimes he does bad stuff. It's just like ever since the Sixth Sense, it's just like, what are we doing? Like <laughs> yeah, like, that is mad yeah. true. Yeah, but anyways, uh, and then also too, I wanted to mention, um, you've got us somehow fucking. So you hit me up one day. I forget where we were talking on a oh we were we were in a zoom call for the uh for the show and we were talking about you know watching different shit and you were like yo i need you to watch uh seasons five and six of love island uk uh i was like get the fuck out of here i'm not watching this bullshit right? <laughs> um i'm not watching this nonsense uh and then i watched like the first like 30 minutes of the first episode and i was like this is fucking stupid right but i was like you know what this might be fun to watch with my girlfriend so we can watch precisely three episodes of it and then quit immediately we are now like 20 episodes deep into Love Island UK season five. Uh, and uh, it's still an awful show. Like, so for instance, like they do some yeah, challenges for sure. that are just like, for, for one, like the premise of the show is not really fucking clear. Like they just seemingly could just do whatever the fuck they want at any time they want. They're like, uh, we just need a new person to mix things up. Cool. Let's just introduce a new person. Uh, we're going to vote somebody off tonight. Just random. Let's just do that. It, like, it just seems like there's like no like rhyme or reason to the fucking show. It's just do random, random shit. But also controlled like, chaos is how I try and look at it. Controlled chaos? Is it that control? Well, it's controlled. Because yeah, they're the like, oh, that, we're yeah. going to vote off someone like that. The fans have like, uh, we're, we're going to vote off someone that like you've come to like on the show and you've come to you know follow and like want best for them or whatever like but then they get voted off and then it's like oh now three new girls are yeah. coming into the <laughs> villa and, and you're like holy shit <laughs> yo but is it me and i just really need your humble opinion on what is it me or do some of the challenges that they do are they just so fucking stupid that like i remember one challenge they had the dudes like they were like riding on like a fucking one of those like rodeo machine bull kind of fucking things and then uh, they had to like throw like a horseshoe on and it was just like I was literally like what the fuck is the point of this game like what have we gained or lost out of this there's literally nothing that we're doing here this, or they, they had the woman dress up as like uh, in like 
wedding dresses and then yeah, like, I mean, just have like a food fight and it was just like what yeah don't get me wrong the, the challenges fuck? are stupid as hell um <laughs> but there are times when like the challenges are like very very messy like i'm not sure if you've seen it yet i mean this is not like a spoiler or anything like that but um it's like uh, the the kissing challenge it's like they blindfold all the oh, boys yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we um, just passed that one yeah yeah and then some people are like oh yeah that's like oh that that you know that person's a great kisser the best kisser of my life and it's like not the girl that they're coupled <laughs> yeah. up with it's like yeah. oh that's messy so like yeah Ox. some eight out of ten of the challenges are stupid as fuck some yeah. of them just add to the drama in the house like where like especially the ones where they're like oh the fan said that this person is not like Yo, really we, feeling this- that person that's the last episode we just got back from but it was like it was super weird because it's like yes i can see how certain comments can like make people think certain things right but it was also like it's fucking random comments on twitter like what do you think you're not going to see like some random shit that just like kind of doesn't make sense but maybe you have like a deep insecurity so it's like exploiting that and also none of of the comments had like dates on them so it wasn't like it wasn't like oh like five minutes ago this person posted it it could have been like two months ago <laughs> and yeah you know you're just now they, they they had a first perception of you and then they just said this random thing and it's just like people simply weren't like taking that in like yeah that's mad true uh one of the tr- one of the things i try and keep in perspective is like uh you know in like these people there is a social experiment essentially right like let's put these people let's like confine them in this space and time where you are and, and like let's you know and we're forcing things to happen in the in a matter of weeks that for most people in the real world take months right yeah. so you know in the real world would you be upset about someone in on twitter saying that like your relationship yeah. isn't like real no but like if you're in this like bubble in this vacuum um and you're you're like and, day in and day out right from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep is like your your all you're thinking about and doing is about like building your relationship right mm-hmm. do those things matter or do those, those those things force you to question like the other person for sure um so i think that's what's interesting when you look at it from that perspective yeah would you do it would you go on love island like no, current I, relationship with standing obviously but you know if you're yeah. a single dude do whatever Bro, I would get voted off right away because, <laughs> you know, obviously they're producers uh, on this show, right? The producers like want you like, you know, up like, like obviously in, in the show, like they turn off the lights at a certain time at night. So, the, so all the um, uh, uh, people on the show get rest. Right. And then in the morning, they wake them all up at a certain time. But like, I wouldn't be making iced coffees for, you know, some girl every morning. I would be, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping in a day producers. I don't give a fuck what you guys are talking like, about. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's, let's try. I wouldn't be fun for the camera. Producers would be like, yo, like do some boys shit. Like, or like, you know, how, like some of the people just come and lay in the bed with the other dudes. Yeah. You know, like they're no, all like, you know very that, that, close, very fast. I'm like, one... fuck off me, dude. I met you two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you got you, you're the new guy in the villa who we, i met last week like He's trying to take get out of my bed currently. like um yeah. uh but that that's one thing that's like really interesting about watching it like love island uk is is that the the amount of uh sort of like affection that the, actually the the uh the dudes give each other you know um like i'm thinking about uh like curtis and uh tommy right now where it's like they literally had to pull each other to side you're like I think I think we're best dudes. Like I think I think we're we're boys now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then they had like a hug out. Uh, they hugged it out and shit. 
And I was like, yo, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like that you can, especially like, you know, when you're in this place of like that, everything is kind of fake to a certain degree that you actually mm-hmm. do find like a genuine like kinship with somebody of like, oh shit, like, you know, I really actually do fuck with you. And you could tell like yeah. over the course of the show that they're, you know, they fuck with each other. I, nah, I don't know how the fucking show ends. They could, you know, could blow up in everybody's face and be like, I fucking hate you by the end. But as far as this looking right now, it looks like they, you know, they're, they're like actually like mad cool, which is, yeah. uh, which is cool to sort of see man um, you've got some stuff coming down the uh, pipeline in this uh, in this drums. um oh like way up oh shit wait so <laughs> are curtis and tommy not boys no 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 no. they're okay. definitely friends they're gonna remain friends but um i got some drums so, ahead. yeah I, I can't even there's no way i can ask this que- uh, question without like tipping you off so i'm just gonna leave it alone but shit gets messy mm. Mm, okay yeah i'm just gonna accept that uh, i'll keep uh, keep everybody posted as we go on i don't i don't know if i do uh love island i think i could do it but i would just see it as a game like i wouldn't see it as like i'm actually finding like love here i would just be like yeah i'm Bro, just in here I would, I would pull my chick aside and i'd be like listen <laughs> Yo, you don't next... think they've had that conversation plenty of people within love island have had that exactly yeah i'm sure but i'd be like next week tell me you love me and then i won't tell you i love you until the week afterwards to make sure we stay in the villa let's get this back yo for sure then for sure. let's go in the hideout and then we'll have sex right <laughs> but anyway man uh, listen I'm, I'm i'm glad you picked it up like, you know to your point like uh, and, and w- which is really all i was like asking you to do is like try the show check it out at the end of the day it's a great thing to like watch with your with your significant other right um it's just fun trashy mindless tv yeah dude it's 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 been exactly that it's been my shock of life that it's not that i necessarily like enjoy it um but it is it's that, okay like, you you enjoy it it's okay just say it just no, no, say no. It. It, it it's it's not i i would say it i, I have no problem like i i watch you know, other shit that's not, you know, that's not great, you know? Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily that I enjoy it so much that it's that I find that it opens up conversations, especially if you watch it with like your significant other, right? It's good. Definitely. It's, I feel like it's yeah. a good thing for like couples to watch. Like, and, it, and it's a, it's not heavy. So you're not fucking dealing with like, you know, fuck, I just, you know, uh, I just had a miscarriage next week. You know, whoa, like, <laughs> this is too real, you know? <laughs> oh, <shit. Yeah. laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but it is, it does open up the channels for like just seeing, okay, like, how do you two see? everything that's like going on you know when you're watching it by yourself and you're like a fucking like 30 year old dude watching love island uk by yourself yeah i don't know that's probably not a good look in in the sense of not because it's like a shame to like watch it and you're a dude but just like yeah i don't know i feel like there's some other shit on tv that you could be rocking with that might be for uh, sure yeah yeah. if you're like 35 and single and home by yourself eating chinese food watching uk (laughs) love island and drinking light beers yeah you need to evaluate a lot of things about yourself yeah you can do it it's just i'm like yo you, you might want to you might want to get some um you might want to check your situation out you might want to start, yeah. <laughs> start <laughs> you might want to start hitting yeah. the gym a little bit you might want to start you know getting on some some uh some some dating apps maybe even just some friendship apps you know just yeah, get yourself something. out a little bit yeah yeah Pick up the yeah. phone, call Blue Cross Blue Shield to see if they have like <laughs> therapy coverage underneath your policy. You you need to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, dude. But uh, let's do what we uh, what we came to do, man. Uh, we came to get it all, man. Great show of all time. Let's 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 get it popping, man. Um, 
so we of course like i mentioned at the top of uh, uh this convo that uh we've got the greatest show of all time tournament uh and uh this week we have um two stalwarts in in terms of it, it, it's hard to have any sort of list of greatest show of all time uh, without these two shows on said list uh and so what am i talking about uh of course i'm talking about the sopranos uh versus breaking bat uh two of the most infamous shows when it comes to uh their two leading men you have uh in one corner uh tony soprano and the other you have walter white uh just when we're gonna chop it up about it uh you know here shortly but uh but yeah just just two fucking giants uh in 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 the the annals of of television uh television history uh so yeah man uh, so as we always do, man, we're going to have four different sections that we're going to chop it up about. Uh, we are going to talk about the acting uh, involved, as well as the character development, the overall story, and then wrap it up with a wild card segment uh, or, or, I guess, um, a category. But uh, I think Rain has decided today at, for the wild card, we're going to do the best dad of both Walter White and uh, Tony Soprano. Uh, so without further ado, man, let's get it. Let's get it rocking. Um, let's see. Uh, do you want to go first, or would you like for me to go first, or should we flip a coin? Let's flip a coin. You know, I feel like let's flip fair. a coin. All right, let's let's flip this coin real quick. Uh, let's see. All right, here we go. We're flipping. We're flipping. Okay, we should probably call it out though, right? Um, so heads, a rain goes first. Tails, Tunde goes first. Uh, I did this last time, and that was like stupid, right? Because then literally no matter how it turns out let's say heads goes first tails goes just heads goes first heads goes first yeah <laughs> all right i'll let you call it in the air all right although i uh, stupid yeah no dude, dude, listen uh <laughs> i'm fucking heads goes first yeah heads goes first i'm gonna go with uh i'll go with heads heads or, or okay yeah it's heads so yeah you go first we did that we fucked that up super complicated <laughs> all right uh so yeah man um you have precisely two minutes on the clock the bell will ring you in and ring you out we are going to start with the first category of acting my friend take it away all right so for the show breaking bad uh, we have a absolutely stellar cast i'm just going to go through uh just a few uh so we have uh our um, John Carlo Esposito, who plays Gus Fring, um, like one of the most uh, calmly diabolical like TV show villains that like you've ever come across. And part of the reason why you love the show so much is because of his character, Gus Fring. He's just like a drug kingpin madman who is just so calm and so tactical. And so uh, he, he just has like that eerie vibe that you just love. Um, so much so that you love, even when, even though, you know, he's a bad guy, you love when he dies, um, which is very difficult to do. It's very, uh, complex emotion. Um, Bob Deere, Odenkirk, who went on to have his own show, Better Call Saul. We've got Dean Harris and a gun who plays Walt, uh, Skylar White, absolutely stellar actress. Um, but let's get to the two big dogs, right? Aaron, Aaron Paul, who plays, uh, Jesse Pinkman. Very interesting thing about his character in the show. He was originally only written in for like two two or three episodes like throughout um uh season one but he 
his acting was so stellar that they wrote him in throughout the entirety of the show. Um, but, and again, big dogs, right? Um, Brian Cranston, who plays Walter White, his acting was so stellar that you kind of separate his two characters, Walter White from um, Heisenberg. Um, you know, you can look at these two guys very differently, and he played both of those characters extremely well. Uh, so much so that, like, you know, when people dress up in on Halloween, right? Like, you never see Halloween costumes of Tony Soprano, but you see people dress up like Walter White. You see people dress up like Heisenberg, and that's because Brian Cranston managed to uh, do some absolutely stellar. Uh, performances playing both characters and bringing both of those characters to life. All right. Was that right on clock? Five seconds short, but... Uh, okay, good enough. Good. good enough, <laughs> good enough. Uh, okay. Well done, my good sir. All right. Look, uh, when we talk about acting uh, in a series, uh, sure, we can run through the name. Just like you ran through the name of all the people on your list, I can certainly run through through my look. We have Lorraine uh, Bracco. Uh, she, of course, is 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 notorious uh, for her role in uh, the movie Goodfellas. Uh, she plays uh, alongside uh, Ray Liotta uh, as as his wife. Steve Buscemi uh, is in The Sopranos. Uh, uh, Edie Falco. She went on to do Nurse Jackie, uh, which uh, lasted like I think about five or six years itself. Uh, so that that speaks to her acting chops as well. But then you have other uh, dudes that are kind of less noted, but important nonetheless, like Joe uh, Pantolino. Uh, those might uh, everybody's familiar with him um, one of the more famous roles that he has was as uh, Cypher off of uh, The Matrix um, and then you just have a, a slew of guest appearances on the show uh, so you have Frank Sinatra uh, Jr. you have Lady Gaga uh, Michael K. Williams uh, uh, Will Arnett uh, Paul Dano Annette Benning. The list goes on, right? Um, but let's get to what we came here for which is uh, James Gandolfini um, th- <laughs> I don't know. I'm at a loss for what I can say about the dude. Uh, 56 uh, nominations uh, as far as like awards that he's been up for, 19 wins. Uh, his resume speaks for itself with just The Sopranos alone. But look, I, I want to finish this up by saying there was, a, there was a blurb about a particular episode that he did. And I feel, feel like summarizes things with Tony Soprano well enough. Uh, this is about the episode Unidentified Black Males. Um, Watching a character go through a panic attack feels so real, but it's completely faked. is a uh, is the product of the incredible a- acting ability. Uh, his ability to show the tender source of destructive tendencies incredible, and it's uh, uh and it and it gets at to what the heart of Tony Soprano is a person, and he makes him feel uh, all that much more real. Uh, and also, um, David Chase also said he could turn. There we go. All right. Uh, and that he could turn a dime from uh, from concern to rage to be really scary rage. Was are are, are you taking some extra time here? I had to finish the line. Okay. It was one line. One no, line. what? No. <laughs> Listen, I, I urge the members of the jury to disregard those last few seconds Strike of, it from the- uh, of Tunde's testimony. Um, that is a, a clear violation of, of, of the laws of this game. I'll edit it out. I won't. I won't edit it out. Don't worry, guys. You know what to do. You got to mute yourself. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, you should be thrown out just for that incident. I should be. <laughs> I should be given the first round victory yeah, well, just for violation of the uh, of the laws that well, we've you, uh, created here. You wish it was that easy. Uh, all right, we're heading on to uh, character development, uh, which is our second category. Uh, you got two minutes on the clock, starting now, my friend. 
so for character development, I mean, we've got a lot of characters that went through uh, a huge, uh, you know, a huge journey throughout the course of the show. Uh, Dean Harris, who plays uh, Hank Schrader, um, he uh, his character evolved so much throughout the course of the show, going from like this uh, good to do cop, this cop who wants to do the right thing to learning out that his friends are really his enemies. Um, you know, the people that he trusts the most are the people who betrayed him the most and all of the things that happened there. And a gun goes from being like uh, just this, this mom who wants to take care of her family and provide for her children to being like the wife of this drug kingpin to uh, kind of like branching out on, on her own and doing her own thing and becoming a boss in her own rights. Uh, but in terms of the character who I developed the most, uh, it's a toss up between Aaron Paul who played Jesse Pinkman and uh, Brian Cranston who played Walter White. Again, Aaron Paul's character was really only supposed to last a few episodes in season one. He, his character was continued throughout the course of the entire series because his acting was that good. And we see Jesse Pinkman go from being this like high school dropout kid to being this, uh, you know, chemist this drug kingpin to you know relapsing on his on his drug addiction when he loses his girlfriend the range of emotions that jesse pinkman's character goes through throughout the course of this uh uh, uh, uh series is like absolutely stunning uh, and then brian cranston again he managed to play two different characters throughout the course of the show and did both of them very well walter white starts off as just his father who wants to do something positive for his kids and leave something for his kids when he dies of cancer so he begins doing what he knows best chemistry right making meth um but then you see him develop into in into that right you see him develop into heisenberg and the, being this like overlord this like uh you know this ruthless um man to, to to fear and one who's to be revered in the drug industry right and he's trying to balance all of those things he's trying to balance husband and father and balance being a drug kingpin which is a very difficult thing to do for any actor to play two characters both with very real emotions and storylines as uh, as amazing as Brian Cranston did it. I, I don't think as much as I admire Tony Soprano, I don't think uh, that character managed to do what, uh, you know, Walter White and, uh, and Heisenberg did in this series. How dare you talk about overtime? My dude, you went like a full like minute over. <laughs> How did I, I didn't hear the bell. I just rang it. You were talking so much. You didn't hear the bell. <laughs> and Yikes. also the thing that the, uh, the alarm on my phone was going off too. Jesus really? I didn't hear. I, why didn't I hear any of that? It beats the hell out of me. I, I'll ring it again. You hear that? Now I hear it. Yeah, that was yeah, super loud. Yeah, because you're talking so much that you. <laughs> well, you well, know, you know what? what? It might have been. It might have been uh, the computer maybe shutting it off for you because of the. Uh, yeah, because I think as I'm talking, I can't hear yeah, any audio from your yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's well, my fault. I'll, I'll Members of the jury, um, we I reinstate Tunde's original statements from <laughs> round one. You are allowed to hear that testimony <laughs> and take it into consideration, <laughs> as you can do with mine. My bad. Uh, I, I didn't hear that. So you, nah, you're gonna have good. to give me. You're gonna have to give me like yeah, a I thumbs gotta, up or something like that when. Uh, I got to do a look, a little hand, Give me a signal. hand gesture, yeah, uh, for sure. Okay, uh, let's 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 dive into this. Hold on a second. Let me set this up. Okay, let's dive into this real quick. So we're talking about character development, right? You're, you're talking about the um, uh, the change from the character, uh, change of a character from you know whatever length of time from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, from one episode to once you know to the end of a, an episode. Um, look. All of the characters in some way, shape, or form change over the course of the show. But the thing that the Sopranos did way better than anybody else, and I'm going to talk about it here in the overall story segment, but the thing that it did better than anybody else is show people for what they actually are, complex creatures, 
right? Uh, and they do this beautifully with all of the characters to a, to a pretty decent extent, right? Um, that that you you have uh, you have uh, Tony's wife, you got his kids, uh, you got you know the member uh, various members of 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 the uh, uh, you know of the, of the crime family, the, whatever you want to call them, right? Uh, as well as you have his like nephew, right, Chris, right. But look, we we the buck begins and ends with Tony Soprano himself. He's such a complex character because as the show goes on, it's starting to get revealed that there's really nothing underneath that uh, that that exterior that Tony has. He's a dark character to start the show, and what you're hoping is through his therapy and all this other stuff that it's going to be uncovered that oh man, you you really actually care about people and you don't want to live this life and you're this way because of your mom and you know uh, the way you sort of grew up. But what happens is the complete opposite that it starts getting revealed that no, he is the dark fucking person that he's showing himself to be. His actions are him, you know? Uh, and I think that that set the temple for everybody else in the show, not, not to mention, uh, just like the overall arc of the show. Uh, and I think that the, 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 the biggest thing that you're looking for out of any character or any character development is to show them as authentically human. And that's what they did with, with Tony Soprano. They showed him as authentically human. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. Oh, right on time. All right. Decent. <laughs> All right. Uh, and now we have the overall story segment. Two minutes on the clock starting now. So when you think about the show Breaking Bad, right? Like the question you have to begin with is, is why? Like why is any of this happening? Why are any of the characters doing what they're doing? Like what is the reason for telling this story? Um, and... The, I think Breaking Bad's why, it, it's a very simple one, but it's also a great one, right? It is, what does someone do when they're in a situation where they're faced with their own mortality, right? Um, and and throughout the course of their life, they've not yet achieved their goals. And and they, they're living in this fear of like not having anything to, to pass on to their children. That is Walter White's why. He was diagnosed with cancer and he, he knew that uh, throughout the course of his life, all he'd accomplished was being a, like, uh, I believe it was a high school chemistry teacher, but he wanted more than that. And he, but he knew that he didn't have more time. Uh, so he, he turned towards a life of, of, of drugs, right? He, and that is what breaking bad means, right? When you, uh, for whether moral or immoral reasons, you turn towards a life of crime, right? So, you know, he broke toward bad because he wanted to have something to leave his family and leave his children, which set off the a course of those series of events that happened throughout the show. Now, what we saw throughout the show though, is when you turn towards, you know, the bad thing, right? When you turn towards crime or drugs or whatever it may be, is it, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for them? Right. And we find out throughout the course of this show that Walter White at the end of the day, he was kind of doing it for himself. There were, there were more selfish reasons here than just wanting to leave his wife and his children something. Um, and, and I think that's what makes for a great show. It's it's you start off with the why and you're giving a very clear why. But that why does not always remain the same, just like with with all people and any decisions that they make. Right. Like the decision I make on Monday, maybe for one reason, but by Friday, that reason might change. Ah, ran out of time. Ran out of time. That is the story of you in this tournament, Ryan. You ran out of time. Um, <laughs> Listen, MJ said it best, right? I never yeah. lost a game. I just ran out of time. Oh, there you go. Uh, never lost a debate. I just ran out of time. 
<laughs> Doesn't that by default assume that you lost the debate if if you not really <laughs> if I had the time stone, not really. <laughs> okay. Um okay. Uh, overall yeah, that's pro- sorry. I, I'm way off track here, but that's probably what I do with the time and reality stone is just win every debate ever. Like I could do more powerful things with it to change the world, but I just win every debate. But that's just it, man. Oftentimes debates aren't won so much as uh, uh, because a debate would mean like what's winning in a debate. You just convince somebody of your of your argument. So you like unless you had like an audience to watch, which we luckily have, um, you know, like what's winning a debate really. Because if you don't, when, when at person, the end of the debate, the other person says, ah, you're right. <laughs> How many times has that, that actually is, happened to you? <laughs> many times for lies. me. Fucking Most of lies. the times yeah. for me. None of, I just got through a debate <laughs> with you, <laughs> a conversation in which no minds were changed. But, anyways, I digress. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, overall story for the Sopranos coming at you. All right. So, look. Uh, it's really easy to talk about the overall story with the Sopranos, right? Um, so you have Tony Soprano, who is essentially the, when, at the beginning of the show, he's a capo for, uh, for a crime family. Uh, and he's, it's, it slowly just kind of talks about like the overarching, like, I think he even begins the series by talking about, I think it feels like I came at it at the end. And that's kind of like the, 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 the feeling throughout the entire show. It basically looks at like basically the demise, the, the, the irrelevance, I guess, of this sort of crime family. Um, but that's not, that's not what the the people came here for right the the hallmark of any show is what its legacy is and the legacy for the sopranos cannot be argued no matter what the case the reason why it must survive on this particular list is because it is the thing that created a majority of the other shows on this very list if it weren't for the sopranos there wouldn't be Mad Men. There wouldn't be Breaking Bad. There wouldn't be all these shows with these anti uh these anti-heroes so to speak right there was pre-sopranos then there's post Sopranos, right? In this golden age of television that we're talking about. Um, now, the reason why is because of just that, that I was saying before, the, the idea of this antihero, right? That if it weren't for Tony Soprano, there wouldn't be a Walter White, there wouldn't be a Don Draper, there wouldn't be a, a Vic Mackey, right? Um, and also the show talks about uh, a lot about morality and how morality is relative to the person. That's a hard thing to get into a series. And the more time you spend with Tony, the more you you understand that this conversation's muddled. And that's great because it's we're human. So it's always muddled. But the thing I'll leave you with is saying that uh Sopranos created the perfect anti-hero, but the magic of it is is that he's not actually an anti-hero. Uh they make it so that he does such irredeemable things, unlike a Walter White, unlike a uh Don Draper, right? That you simply can't help but call him just a villain and yet we root for him what does that say about you tunes out Ooh, i know i know you thought that you thought that one too you wanted to agree too you're like you know this is true bold this is claim true. this is true. if we didn't have tony soprano we wouldn't have had walter white it's undeniable uh, it's very literally under the writer a writer for the sopranos went on to create breaking bad Come on, man. I mean, I'm not breaking that. Um, uh, 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 Mad Men. Um, if it weren't for, if it weren't for, it's undeniable. You, you talk. Oh, to uh, we can argue about this one, later. One writer. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's about not what? the creator of the show, just the writer. He just got a new job. That's it. No. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's different, right? If you're, if you're talking about 
if you're talking about just like a regular sort of protagonist, right? Like that's what that's what we got all throughout the eighties, nineties, right? These protagonists that listen, we're not gonna sell your show anymore. Okay. We're not we're not gonna I'm not going to give you an extra two minutes hey, look, on the clock. Hey, hey, as, as, uh, as Martin said once upon a time to Pam, I'll go back there and go to war with you, okay? All right? I'll Listen, go to war with you about as this. As Maxine Walters <laughs> said, I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our final uh, category of the night, and that is uh, our wild card. Best dad. Who's the best dad out of Walter White, Tony Soprano? Two minutes on the clock. Starting now, my friend. Uh, so best dad, I think this is an easy one to be honest, right? And it starts off in like the first episode of the show. Um, and, and it goes back to the question that I asked in the beginning is like, why do these two men, Tony Soprano, Walter White, uh, why are they doing what they're doing? Like, what is their purpose? What's driving them? What is their reason? Uh, Tony Soprano, um, sorry, Walter White's reason is, is very simple. It is he wants to, uh, leave something for his children and his family in his passing, right? He's, he was recently diagnosed with cancer and his time, his clock is much shorter than he thought it was. And he realized that he had nothing to leave his family. So everything he does, every step he takes, every decision he makes is for, uh, to, to give his son a better life. It is to give his, uh, his wife, you know, a, a life to live uh, in his in his absence. It is to give his daughter, you know, a life to live in his absence. Uh, that is the reason he does everything he does. Now, down the road, I mean, um, he, he develops his own reasons, right? But at the very beginning, at his, at, at his very core, he's doing it for family, nothing else, for family. He wants to leave his children with something, the things he didn't have. Uh, you know, and, and that's what like every great father does, right? Is you try and give your children the life that you did not have. Clearly yeah, okay. the best dad. Fair enough. Uh, are you done? Yes. All right. You got about like uh, uh, 30 seconds left. So uh, you, you I didn't need it. Stopping a little short. Okay. Well, I didn't need it. Fair enough. Uh, look, I'm just going to point out. All right. And and you can rebut mine if you, if you like as well. I'll give you the time to you, but come on, that's preposterous. Uh, for, for one, he literally admits at the end of the show, I did everything for myself. Like when I said I did it for everybody lying through my goddamn teeth, I did it for myself because I fucking loved it irrefutable fact but okay if you, if that's the line of logic i don't remember that episode yeah. i don't remember and neither do i i urge the members of our jury to ignore that testimony okay all right two minutes on the clock for me starting now Look, uh, this is not an easy question because both walter white and tony soprano are pretty shit when it comes to being a father but we're, the, the question isn't are they good bads who's the best dad out of the both of them that's the question right i would feel like both have arguments but i feel like there's way more evidence for tony soprano being the better dad of the two not a good dad just a better dad than walter white why am i saying this uh for for one you get a deep insight into tony soprano's upbringing that you get an insight into his father was obviously in a in a uh in a crime family um and so that's not a great influence to to lead you to you know you know uh, relate to your kids uh also his mom's a pathological liar uh basically a sociopath on her own who made his life a living hell in spite of all that he still does what he does or he tries to do what he does for his kids right he may not be doing it all for him admittedly so but enough of it right was done with the protection of his kids in mind now he goes through a lot of trials and tribulations with his kids but he he does a lot of good things for his kids like so for instance when aj tries to kill um uh uh 
AJ tries to kill Junior uh, because Junior was trying to kill Tony, right? Uh, and what he says to Junior in that case is like, look, dude, you're not cut out for this life. This life isn't for you. He's trying to protect his kid. Be real with this kid. Don't just follow blindly in my footsteps. I want a better life for you. So I'm going to tell you right now, this life ain't for you, man. You got to go find something better, something that that is of you, right? But not only that, he very, very literally saves AJ AJ's life, his son's life, right? What more do you want out of a father than to very literally save his child's life, right? And he saved him from drowning in a pool. He dives in head first without, uh, maybe feet first, but without, uh, with reckless abandon for his own body to save his own kid. What more could you want out of a father? Ladies and gentlemen, where's my case? Man, man. Bold did, statement there. Did you see, you great. said, uh, I got a quote. You, you were like, he did, not all, he did, not all of it, but he did enough. <laughs> Listen, great yeah. dads don't just do enough. No, they no. go to they go to I the end you, to the I very will, end. I will remind you. I said he's not a good dad, just a better one than Walter White. Just a better one. Yeah, listen, I'm not sold. I don't know about you, but I'm not. Sold. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not buying. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and take pointers from and you. Neither are the members of the jury. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is our debate about The Sopranos versus Breaking Bad, which is the better show. We presented some very contentious uh, arguments uh, for, for, for either side. Uh, hoped you liked it, but even more than that, hope you'll vote. Let us know. We'll put this out on uh, probably out on. Um, uh, Instagram, probably put a little poll out there. Go ahead and vote for that. Go go to the Fade Podcast Spheres uh, and check it out and uh, go, go vote for that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we'll see who the winner is. Uh, after we're done with this week, uh, well, first, we got to see what you're doing as far as, uh, you know, I know you're going to have surgery sometime soon. So we got to sort of coordinate for, for things like that. Uh, but we're going to start round two here uh, for those that should, should pass on to the second round. We're going to go ahead and start round two, but with all new categories, right? We got to we gotta yeah. push this thing for yeah. an all new way, right? So we're going to come up with some new categories and uh, round two is going to be live okay uh so so yeah ladies and gentlemen i think uh with that we are uh done skis uh as as one might say uh so yeah man um look you got anything else on your mind before we we, we do out here no dude listen uh uh you know i think i won that but you know we'll let the fans decide and that's the last thing i'm going to say to the members of the jury <laughs> fair enough fair enough did, did, you, uh, did you get the wink and high definition uh no we didn't yeah yeah, yeah, no? yeah, yeah. i'm definitely going to cut out like half the screen uh, at that exact moment in time. um <laughs> but uh yeah ladies and gentlemen look man we're, we're looking forward to your vote looking forward to hearing what you think what's better the sopranos or breaking bad uh but with that being said we're going to go ahead and play our outro here uh so yeah with that we'll just hit the usual protocol fade out peace the fuck out ladies and gentlemen enjoy your weekends watch love island uk interesting stuff great shit <laughs> uh with that ladies and gentlemen yo i want to get the fuck out of here look I, I did a hot 130 uh hour and 30 tonight um and that's without my partner in crime a rain roll names no games no gimmicks uh now he is likely to be out next week as well like i said man um he, he he's uh he's on the men's from a little bit of an accident that he had uh so i need everybody to wish him well uh we, we need the fam here at the fade podcast to what uh, to send him well wishes uh healing spirits as they say um 
I don't know who the fuck says that, but <laughs> um, but yeah, wish him well. He's on the men's, uh, so he might be out for a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, I've decided that come hell or high water, I will bring you all a show uh, somewhere about 7.45 every Wednesday from here on out, whether it's just me or with a guest, uh, with a guest host, or whatever the fuck it is, we are going to rock this thing out um and uh yeah let it do what it do uh yeah so uh as usual um if you uh listen to the podcast we fuck with you um and apparently you fuck with us so we appreciate that but hit that like button hit that subscribe button hit that share button share this shit with anybody and everybody um that you that you know um it is vastly important for the continued success imagined so of this podcast uh we uh we appreciate all the support uh but with that being said um i think we will go ahead and hit the very usual protocol there is nobody else to say it so i'll say it myself fade out peace